listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. This is the climax of footy's most extraordinary season. The Breakfast Club has the team you want to hear from. As soon as it clicks over to finals, everything changes. They've played September. It's exciting. <laughs> smell in the air. And they dream September. Yeah, absolutely. You can feel it. Yeah, it's palpable. Jimmy Bartell, Simon Goodwin, Brent Harvey, Adam Romanaskis, Jack Rewald, Brennan Goddard and Matthew Ball. Sounds a bit fluffy, but there's a bit of magic in the air in finals time. <laughs> These are flag winners, Brownlow winners, all Australians and Hall of Fame. So we'll be taking the Premiership Cup around Grand Final Week. We need to bring our best footy to make attention in September. You get their insight and their take on the biggest games. Whoever wins this game for me is going to be the Premiership favourite. These young kids can come out and bring that in front of the biggest crowds and on the biggest stage. This is Daniel Hartford along with Adam White and the entire team. This September will take you all the way to the AFL Grand Final. It's great for our fans to see us back in September and they're really enjoying it as well. The Club. September Dreaming. Yeah, springs in the air and, and Fonz is still kicking on. Every weekday morning from 6 on RSN 927. The pursuit of the weekend punt starts with Hold All Tickets. It's RSN's new punting podcast. Brad, Matt and Tommy step up with the news, goss, form and selections. The team previews Melbourne and Sydney, opens up the turf tape and the Tinder files, goes around the grounds and sets up the tab multi of the week. Hold All Tickets. Get the fresh podcast on Thursday afternoons at iTunes or at rsn.net.au or catch it on RSN's digital radio channel Carnival at 4.30pm Fridays. It's the $120 punt that could see you winning big. The world's greatest form analyst nominates two $40 win bets for an RSN 927 listener and a $40 all-up on Saturday's racing. It happens on The Breakfast Club every Friday morning at 6.30 with Dino joins half of Friday form voters. If you want to be in the next draw for Dean Lester's formula bet, register your name on the competitions page at rsn.net.au. Hey guys, I'm Jess and I'm Lisa from the Veronica's for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. It's Adam Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Adam Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. This is Danny Green. On a night out, just like this, take it from me. One punch can be deadly. Thrown in anger, without warning, without gloves, it can kill. One punch can end their life and ruin yours. It takes grunt to throw it. It takes guts to walk away. One punch can be deadly. Authorised and spoken by Danny Green Perth. Live across the web. This is the girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. 
And a very good morning and welcome to the GhostbyBritty.com match of the day. It's not just any match. It is the VFL Women's Grand Final at Etihad Stadium live on RSN Carnival Digital Radio by the RSN Racing and Sport app, rsn.net.au and the girlsplayfooty.com website. A very good morning to you, wherever you might be listening throughout Melbourne, throughout the world, particularly Johannesburg, South Africa. We'll explain that in a moment's time. I'm Peter Holden. It is great to have your company. We've got a star-studded commentary team today, all six members on board to bring you this grand final getting underway at 12 o'clock. If you hear a little bit of music in the background, it's not because we've put on the Nolsey CD in the car or anything like that. Shannon Noll, who will be performing the national anthem, at least for the VFL men's, uh, is currently doing a sound check on the stadium level surface. Let's introduce our commentary team, first of all, to my immediate left, our lead colleague here on RSN Carnival, the man that does the VFL review and preview each week in our weekly show. A very good morning to Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Pete. Looking forward to a fantastic day of football under the roof here at Etihad Stadium. Perfect conditions. The ground looks in fantastic, Nick. Uh, really excited to be broadcasting this one. You talk about fantastic, Nick. What, Nick, will you be in by the end of the day? Because I believe you're doing the boundary writing for the TAC Cup call at <laughs> half past seven tonight. That, that would be correct. I think I'm going to have a little snooze, uh, siesta this afternoon uh, between the two matches. But, no, looking forward to a big day and caps off a, a big year in 2000. 2017 of uh, football across uh, a couple of codes, which I've been fortunate enough to be a part of the broadcast teams of. And joining us today on special comments, uh, she is from the Proud to Play website, executive producer for the Sports Desk on CNFM. She is also a soccer player at Ashburton, a cricketer at the Melbourne Cricket Club, and in her spare time, she also plays football as well at the Whitehorse Colts. It's a very good morning to Lucy Watkin. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, everyone. Very excited to be here for this my first VFL Women's Grand Final, actually, yeah. So out of all the sport, out of everything you've done, the yeah. first Grand Final you've attended. Mm, first Grand Final I've attended. I haven't ever been to an AFL Grand Final either, so this is my first Grand Final, proper Grand Final. Is, is that wink, wink, nudge, nudge for anyone who's got tickets for next week? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> well, Sydney lost in their um, elimination on the semi-final, so, you know, I am on the Tiger train now, so maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. Head over. Yeah. <laughs> also joining us today, talk about Sydney, all the way from Sydney after a cancelled flight this morning and having to uh, arrange to get another flight. We finally got her. I think we, she came in, in the baggage hall, I think, on the 8am <laughs> flight. <laughs> she, of course, is a former footballer for Sydney Uni and Morpherville Park, a former premiership cricketer at the uh, Box Hill Hawks Cricket Club. A very good morning to our stats woman and Christy Williams. Certainly not the Box Hill Hawks. Uh, a Mustangs, the Mustangs. Very <laughs> Enough. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't love me with that crowd. Um, sorry, no offence to Box Hill. Uh, yes, no, I, I am alive and I am here. Uh, and looking, looking forward to it. I already enjoy the Melbourne coffee, so hopefully I'll enjoy the Melbourne beer soon. You, you've upgraded for Grand Final Day. You've brought two screens now to look at. <laughs> Is it going to be twice as confusing? <laughs> well, <laughs> the other's the calculator. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what my phone's for. <laughs> it has a little stand as well, so no, there will be three. There will be three the going today. And the TV screen as well for and you to watch. Four screen, there'll be four screens going today. The uh, one in the background as well. This could get interesting. Also joining us today, let's head down back. Three side, two boundary riders today. Hopefully, you might be able to so they can get a sneaky interview with the coaches as well when the sides come out for the warm up. They're sitting right next to the interchange bench. First of all, it's great to have on the line co-founder of GirlsPlayFooty.com. It's a warm welcome to Katie Lambeski. How are you, Katie? Fantastic. Thank you so much again for having me. Welcome everybody to the call. Hope you enjoy. Uh, I've had the, you know, I've had the 
kind of privilege of being a grandfather for the last almost 10 years. So I'm trying to finish there, but that's okay. Um, but this one just feels different. There's something. Just lost you there for a second, Katie. I think the one thing that we've learned with these my friends, you might actually have to stand up and look towards the box when you talk. <laughs> the reception. Thanks to the Aldi big brand uh, microphones. Thanks, Katie. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, we can just hear you there. We might actually introduce at the same time as well so we can contest on things. Your uh, offsider for today from the Melbourne University Football Club, VAFA footballer in Neve Felton. How are you, Neve? Good, thanks, Pete. How are you? Your microphone's working a lot better. Yeah, I don't know what Katie did to hers. Save the best till last, obviously. <laughs> I think we know which one's copped the weather during the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> you, might have to share, you might have to share microphones at some stage <laughs> with Katie as well to make that help out. Um, while we've got you down on the boundary line as well, can you uh, let us know what it's like there because I don't think the gates have opened off they've just opened the crowds trickling through I know there was a bunch of kids earlier well, what's it been like with everyone walking around just while Nolsey's doing the warm-up? Um, Nolsey is really good. <laughs> I didn't think it was him because he's wearing a little hat and it really threw me off. I've never seen him wear a hat before um, but maybe after his experience at the Crazy Horse he's a reformed man so um, he's sounding good. I'm excited. I'm excited for Nosy and I'm excited for the Falcons and the Crickers. <laughs> And just In that order. Just, <laughs> and you can meet Nolsey at the Spearmint Rhino later. Um, <laughs> thanks very much to uh, me and Katie there on the boundary line. We'll check in with you again in about 10, 15 minutes' time when the sides uh, run out on the ground and do the warm-up. Uh, for the country team here in the box, I guess the biggest talking point, we had five talking points we put on our GhostbayFooty.com website. The, the main one is the big omission for Diamond Creek. And we say Johannesburg because that's currently where Christina Bernardi is in Johannesburg out of all days to be. And I honestly think she's probably their most important player. I don't. She probably is their best as well, but she's certainly their most important player. She's the most consistent player. She's experienced. It's a ma- it's a massive loss because you don't know how youth like Malloy, as good as she is, you don't know how they're going to respond in a final and. Oh, she's just a huge loss for them, it really, and it's a shame as well. We want to see the best players playing, and even Darabin would think that too. So it is a shame for the game, and it's a pretty, it's pretty poor form from uh, AFL Vic to release a schedule and then to change it. And she, the only reason she's not here is not it was avoidable. Yeah, because she actually booked a holiday. Because I wouldn't say a holiday. She's actually gone with her school to South Africa, and there's a certain amount of teachers that need to go, and they had to be a certain level, and she is a certain level, and they couldn't find a replacement for her. So she's obviously booked this at the start of the season, gone, oh, okay, the season ends on the 17th. That's all good. The trip starts the next week, and then AFL Vic said, oh, we want all these grand finals to be played on the one day at Eddie Had. We're moving the fixture back. Which is great. Which, which, is, which is a great occasion. Yeah. but Let's uh, just make uh, our mind yeah, up. Yeah, 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 let's just do, do it a little bit earlier. Lucy, you saw that game um, in the major semi-final between mm. uh, Darabin and Diamond Creek. You saw how damaging she yeah. was in the day. And I guess you talk about the youngsters just then with uh, Chloe Malloy. I guess it was helpful that Malloy seemed to take Birch deep to the goal square. It really opened up that forward 50 and it allowed Bernardi to create space. Yeah, well, that first half against Darabin, um, Diamond Creek really did the... Sorry, Darabin really... Diamond, Diamond Creek, Creek did the did damage. <laughs> against Darabin. And uh, Bernardi was such an influential factor in that. Like, she put so much pressure on in that forward line, created so many opportunities for Malloy, and, you know, created them for herself um, when Malloy was, you know, being taken off by with um, Libby Birch. So I think she's a huge loss um, to Diamond Creek and definitely puts more pressure on Malloy being, and her being a young yep. player. It'll be interesting to see how she um, reacts to that. Well, I guess uh, before we go into the other points, it raises the question as well, Coxie, of... How does Diamond Creek handle the Darabin aggression? Mm. Let's be honest, 
Darabin like a physical contest off the ball, if you know what I mean. They love to assert their arrogance and a little pinchy-punchy maybe at times. But, hey, if you're the top side, you're going to do that. You want to get into the heads of your opponents that you're the dominant team. I, I expect them to try and go to Malloy, go to Renee Hicks, go to any of the youngsters in the, Dar- the Diamond Creek side and try and work them physically over and get, get in their heads early. How do you respond to that? How do you respond to that as a coach knowing that Dabrin are going to come for you in the opening minutes? I think the, the way to do it is what Malloy did. Let the game do the talking because she ignored the attention she got from Birch in that major semi-final a couple of weeks ago. And even though she didn't have a great day, I think she kicked two goals from inside attacking 50. Made Darabin panic. Yep. So I think that's the only way you can do it. And I think what Scott needs to reinforce with his players is don't get sucked in because... In my opinion, it's the only way Darabin's going to win today because they've gone the long way around. They had a very tough game against the St Kilda Sharks last last week, which was quite physical. So they're tired. We've all said at various stages, it's not the Darabin Falcons that we're used to seeing. It's not the clean. It's not the precise. So for me, the only way to do it is to bog the game down and make it into that scrap. And for Scott Gowans, he needs to say to uh, all his players, even the more experienced ones, which I think could get sucked in a little bit to try and protect some of the younger players, it's just let it go. They're going to do it. You're going to expect it's going to come your way. Let the game do the talking. And it's also important in any code of any sport, the senior players need to stand up to it. It's this... It's the senior players that if Malloy... Yes, you let the game do the talking, but the senior players need to make sure she's protected and that she knows that they've got her back. We saw in the 2015 grand final when these two last played in the grand final at Coburg. Um, by, by the way, the Shannon, fan, Shannon, fan club. Shannon Noll is oh talking God. to Katie Lembeski and Nick Felton down there on the boundary line. Blooming <laughs> 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 Amazing. They, they got autographs. Oh, oh look at <laughs> Let's go down boundary side actually while we've got there. Neve Felton here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. What on earth are you doing? Um, I can't really hear what you're saying, but I do have Shannon Noel down here on the boundary with me. Are you looking forward to the women's grand final today? I am, mate, yeah. I've, uh, haven't had a lot of chance this year. I've been on tour uh, so much to watch too many games, but uh, at least I'll get to watch the grand final, so that should be the best one to watch. Yeah, definitely. And um, who are you going for today? Mate, I don't know. Actually, I'm yet to... Uh, I think Diamond Creek will uh, look all right, so we'll see how they go. That's good. And um, who are you barracking for in the, like, uh, professional league? Who's your team? Uh, in uh, the AFL? Yeah, yeah, mate. I've, I've done a bit with, with the Giants this year, but um, I've got a soft spot for Richmond as well, so I hope they go through and, and win the grand final and, uh, next weekend. <laughs> yeah, that is very exciting. And um, Darabin have just come out onto the field now. Is there a particular player um, from Darabin that you particularly admire? Mate, no, not so much yet. I'm, I'm, like I said, I haven't had much of a chance to watch the, uh, the girls play this year, but I'll be te- definitely taking notes today. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, well, the Giants do have a women's team, and Richmond looking to get one, so... Might be able to do some recruiting, you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, heaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have a good show. Nate Felton would be out here on the boundary line. Oh, Kevin best work. Thank you. I'm getting there. Really, it's really tying in my um, music and sport interests. So. Uh, it's, it's, all going, uh, I, it's going well down here. I should have known. She's a Bulldog supporter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
What the heck were we talking about before that fast went down? A, a game of footy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we were, as we see the uh, Diamond Creek side coming to the bench. They'll be on the left-hand side bench. They'll be on the right-hand side bench. Just jump in at any stage, uh, Katie and Neve, if you do manage to grab either Scott Gowans or uh, Jane Lane, just interrupt us and we'll, and we'll have a yarn with them. Um, but as we said, uh, with the little niggle that was going on and talk about the senior players standing up, we saw in the 2015 grand final that Shay Audley was targeted by Darabin. Particularly when Darabin got on top, they knew that she was the heartbeat of the side. About half a dozen Darabin players all ran around her and physically got in her face. I guess the question is today, does, does Diamond Creek have anyone that can respond physically? I look at Sophie Abitangelo. Is she the player? She seems like a bit of a firebrand. Is mm. she's the one that can go around if, if it starts to get heated up, that she can get into someone like Mel Hickey, who's probably the toughest on the Darabin side, and start shoving her around, saying, "If you're going to shove us, I'm going to shove you back." Uh, I wouldn't personally be shoving Mel Hickey. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're going to have it come back twofold. Yeah. But yes, you, you make a very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, I just keep thinking around the league. There's not too many what I call heavyweights around the competition that can be a physically intimidating force. Lauren Moorcroft, perhaps in the back of her day, but yeah, uh, not, yeah. Not, not these days. I, I, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, even like when I look at well, okay, but look at Melbourne Uni. Emma Carney's a wrecking ball. She'll just mm. you know, you Carly know, she'll have, uh, Carly Tap. Car- yeah, well, that no, Carly Tap. That, that was the thing about last year's grand final against Melbourne Uni. It was Carly. Um, it was Carly Tapner that took out Sarah Hammond early in the game, and that set the standard of, we're coming after you. Mm. And in juniors, when you watched her play juniors, she was just on another level. People, younger players didn't know how to deal with her. She's yeah. played the exact same way her whole career. And she's still young. She's still very young. I don't know if she'd be 20 yet. And it... Oh no! In juniors, watching her play, it was just you just have to stand back and admire Rose herself. She's obviously got a good build, so you can have a mindset. But it's uh, just like Mel Hickey, you've got the you want to have the build to back it up. I'd, I'd love to see her out there today, actually. But um, yeah, as Matt, as Coxie said, so the footy do the talking. Mm. Well, both sides out on the ground at the moment doing their wilds. Diamond Creek at the locker end of the ground. That's the left of your radio dial or TV screen. On the right hand side is the Darabin Falcons at the Coventry end of the ground. Another point that I talked about. Uh, was Katie Brennan for Darabin? Is it KB or bust? Because mm. Lucy, as you saw last uh, a couple of weeks ago in that major semi-final, uh, Kieran Harrington got the job on her, and I wouldn't say Brennan was completely shut out of the game, but had very little influence. Mm. She had very little influence, and I think the fact that she was shut out made them too confused as to what her role then was. Because I think without Darcy Vessio, it's very hard for them to sort of create really good chances up forward when they don't have that target. That target. But then I also from teams that KB is on, whether that's the Bulldogs, whether it was the Allies or whether it's Darabin, they seem to throw her in the midfield. But then if you throw her in the midfield, then you don't have that target up forward. So mm. I think that confusion leaves her with the little ability to make an impact. Well, both Colvin and Hammond, who were in the forward line for that particular game, both have been named as emergencies for today. So they've mm. seen that they've got a real issue with that mm. forward line. For me, the only way uh, Darabin will win today is if Katie Brennan stays around the forward 50 arc because we know how uh, crucial she is when she does go further up the ground, but in last week's game against the St Kilda Sharks, she looked the most dangerous when she was clunking those marks around half forward. There and was a couple boy, of... does she love a big game. Yeah, yeah. and especially on Etihad Stadium. She's played here a couple of weeks ago. She's currently being uh, well, interviewed. Pre-recorded. Pre-recorded, yeah. But... Um, she, for, for me, 
there's a lot of responsibility sitting on her shoulders, and especially when she was one of the match winners for them last week. The, the usual suspects and stars of, of the Darabin side didn't really fire, and it was left up to Brennan, Hickey, and O'Connor. They're stars in themselves. Yeah. But I, I just get the sense with... The different ground conditions today, it's a lot different to Coburg City Oval. There's no wind, so your skill execution's going to have to be pivotal. And they just look more structured. I think if Arnell sits deep and you've got Brennan higher up around the half-forward area, that's a dangerous combination. And then it raises the question, who goes to her at half-forward? Because do you want to lock up Hetherington on her, or do you want to free her up? to play a bit more of a, a loose player role in defensive 50. Do you send Moorcroft to her? Probably doesn't have the tank. So there's there's issues there for Diamond Creek. In 2015, uh, Brennan played out of the goal square that game because she actually had an injured foot and she had injections to try and keep her going. And it freed up Darcy Vestio, who went up and played Brennan's role further up the ground. And we mentioned the name Darcy Vestio not playing because of that knee injury. Vestio has won the last two best-on-ground medals in a grand final. She's a big omission. Like yeah. she's huge, um, and I think we've seen like we've seen that. Like I think Darabin looked. They looked so good in that game two weeks ago against Diamond Creek, when they freely moved the ball around in a way the, the way only way that Darabin does. But as soon as they got to the forward line, it was just what do we do? And I think if they had Darcy Vessio, you they would have so many more opportunities. But I think Cox is right. If KB sits on that forward arc, sort of runs out like a little bit like buddy style up the ground to set it up into the 50 Darabin Darabin can find a way to sort of penetrate Diamond Creek the other two players that we look at for the Falcons one had a a great game as she always does Karen Paxman running through the midfield Ebony Marinoff big question marks over her after her last two performances games that you sense that she probably could have stepped up for Mm. when the other like the your O'Days your Pierces were having off games she hasn't done that, and I think she, coming into the today, she needs to do something. There, there, there was some question marks whether she'd actually put on weight. I'm not saying like 20 kilos. I'm saying like she might have put on two or three kilos, or not be in optimal shape as she would have been at AFLW level, because she's opened Victoria for four months. And part of me wonders, is it a case of she's just switched off a little bit on training or mindset or something like that? Because she's in Victoria, she's feel like, oh, I'm on a pseudo holiday. But I don't think. If you're playing AFLW, you've come out of grand final and you've come to Victoria and you've just won the rising star, for me, that's come here and do everything you can to become a better player. Because she's only 20. And we've seen, like, um, when I interviewed Taylor Harris a few weeks ago, she just she said, she said my pre-season started the moment I stepped off the ground of the grand final. If you're playing AFLW, you would think that's the mindset you're going into. There's no room for complacency and there's no room to sort of step back, which is very hard on the players I understand, but you have that four week period after AFLW, you'll have a five week period or so after this grand final you know, I would think you would be here to do all that you can not put your foot off the pedal Is that maybe a little, and, and we see it a lot with Mayo footballers as well, particularly through the draft when they get taken uh, out of Victoria for example and go interstate and like Dangerfield's playing his best footy, now he's back home mm. in Victoria isn't maybe that feeling for Marinoff that maybe it doesn't quite feel like home, it doesn't feel like the same routine that she's been mm. used to forever and a day, and it's just thrown off a little bit? Yeah, true, but I think you can le- always learn something from these experiences, and you can apply yourself in a way that you can improve. And I, I would say that, yeah, being away from home and all of those things would definitely have some kind of effect, but I don't know, I just don't think that if you're here playing football that 
you should be getting out of shape or be taking your foot off the pedal the way that she seems to have. So, as you said, big game, and she definitely needs to step up for this one. One, Sorry, Christy, you know her better than any of us here in the box. Do you think any of the what we're speculating is part of her mindset? No, it's not. She didn't have to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, and I've been talking with her about it for the last maybe three years or so. She's wanted to do this since she was still in still in juniors. It may have crept in accidentally, but it's certainly not her intent. Um, and she deserves it. She deserves to have a good time. She's mm-hmm. she's just completely reformed person and player for what she was in her junior. She lost a, a lot of weight, got very fit. Um, did a lot of work with uh, Courtney Cramey, um, who who herself lost a lot of a lot of weight, probably around 10, 15 kilos, and she had to um, for the next step up. It's not what it used to be, obviously the game, um, and it probably accidentally happened, but certainly not her intent. And she, uh, I did talk to her yesterday, and she she does love the big moments, and not necessarily with the the stats. I think she will have an influence around the contest. Mm. I hope she does anyway. She hasn't seemed to be as like hard at it as she had previously. The game she played in Hamilton, I think, was better than the, the performances Abs- that she yes, she yeah, put in the absolutely. last couple of weeks. And whether that's just like the rest of the Darabin side, they're getting a bit tired yeah. Yeah, after a big, big year, which we've all commented on throughout the season. Maybe that's a factor of, uh, as well. She, you got to think. I mean, as much as she took some time off, she did play what I call two extra big games. She played a grand final, an AFLW grand final. And let's be honest, you give 150 percent in a grand final. You you stretch yourself to your absolute maximum because you're thinking this is it. She also expends a lot of energy when she um, plays. She's someone, a person that you know, day to day life and uh, in her you know athletic career, in her surf life saving career. She expends a lot of energy, and that's how she gets her. She's actually not a very confident person, which 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 might sound funny to people who don't know her too well. But that's what she gets. I think that's why it can be hard when you rely on your energy so much. Mm. Sometimes it's just hard to keep it going. I think for someone for someone like her, particularly when you have, as we spoke, it's such a long season, um, when you've just you just keep going and going and going. I, I don't know if that's part of it, but I certainly would understand if it was for someone like her. We, we talked about it uh, at uh, Major Semi-Final Day, and I think it was in the post-game show, Lucy, that we alluded to, and maybe Christy could pick up on it again. We said we actually noticed her form dropped off after Darcy Vessio was out with an injury, because the one thing that we noticed, and particularly that game against the Eastern Devils, was that she just seemed to have like just this stealth-like vision to find Darcy. Mm. When she got the ball, she found Darcy straight away. They just knew each other. They were on the same wavelength. And even off the ground, when we were chatting to them in the interview, you know, they were both had the same sense of humour and they just, you could see they clicked. Mm. But ever since Darcy's been out, Marinoff's form's dropped off. She's also, she's, he has, she hasn't got the greatest disposal. She's not got the greatest kick. It's improved a lot. And uh, just watching it now, she's just potted two goals in a row. <laughs> oh, no, she's in the post there. <laughs> um, she isn't the greatest disposal. That's not where she does her best work. She does her best work around the contest. Mm. So I would like to not see her try and bomb it into the Ford 50. I would like to see her giving it to Paxman or Pierce. That's where she's most damaging. I, I think is is not is not doing what you're saying. Just slightly off track for a moment. Looks like Darabin are wearing a clash jumper for this afternoon's grand final. Yes, I, I noticed a tweet. Yeah, it a I, I thought they were warming up in the uh, state uh, of origin. It, it, it's a gut jumpers, but I, I noticed it is a clash too. It, to be fair, 
I, I noticed a tweet, um, sorry, an Instagram post. I can't remember who it was by, but it was by uh, the the company that designed the jumpers. And they did a caricature like they did for the uh, Northern Football League Grand Final of the Creekers and the Falcons. And they had it with the white jumper for the for the Falcons. I go, hang on, they don't wear white unless they're wearing a clash. And by the look of it, they've gone with a clash jumper today. Which I must say, I don't mind. Yeah, it, I it, it looks, yeah, it's same. a good jumper. <laughs> No, uh, no one ever likes playing in white shorts, but uh, you certainly would rather wear white shorts than accidentally hand pass it to the opposition team because they, mm. they do look very, very similar, particularly under the lights, which we're not used to not used to play under. It, it sounds funny, but playing under lights does actually affect your vision a fair bit, or maybe it's just my bad vision. Mm. But you certainly, you certainly would uh, you could quite easily mistake um, uh, that jumper, I think. And, I should and good for us. And I should quickly <laughs> remind our boundary riders listening down there that they find a gate open at any stage to get onto the field. They actually haven't accessed all areas past, so you can go anywhere. I, I think Nave's still well. talking to our nosy, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a dirty look. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she dug that hole for herself, not me. She was the one taking stuff. We got offered the interview. <laughs> was, his, I think, manager came up and was like, oh, you got the microphones there. Do you want to do an interview and I was like, never turn down a business networking opportunity. I think so. it was, must have been your alluring looks there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Go on. You, you actually, so, so from your point of view, both Katie and Nevi down on the boundary line, how do both sides look warming up? You don't see anyone with any obvious injury angles, everyone looking at 100%? Yeah, everyone's looking good. They're looking um, fresh, ready to go. Um, no one's, yeah, nothing to report, nothing out of the ordinary for sure. Well, that's good news. And by the way, um, you might want to make a decision now. Neve, since you're sitting on the left, you can give us an insight on what Diamond Creek's doing. And Katie, you're on the right, you can give us an insight during the day on what Darabin's doing. Right, we got it covered. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kayla and Besky. Hard-hitting stuff down here. But, no, we'll, we'll join in more detail during the game and, and before we start as well. Good to see, obviously, it looks like the Auskickers and Primary School kids have come down as well to start building up the crowd a bit. I don't know why they've got numbered bibs on, unless yeah, they're going to lose them during the day or something like that. Or well, it's, it's some kind of Auskick draft or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, as we continue our pre-game show here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, it's 11.30am in Melbourne, and a reminder the game gets under away at 12pm. Peter Holden, Matthew Cox, Christy Williams, Lucy Walken, Nee Felton and Katie Lambeski with you here at Eddie Hatch Stadium. Um, a player that I talked about as well that may be critical today for Diamond Creek, I called her the quarterback of the side when she was moved to half back uh, during the major semi-final, was Emma Grant, the former Bendigo Thunder captain. Not only was someone with the smart decision making and skills, but having a former captain, another leader in that back line, how important is that? That's so important and she was very influential in that uh, major semi-final that they played. But just knowing that you have someone who's got to make good decisions down there, get it out of trouble, but also, you know, will provide the support that a leader provides in those in these tough moments, does wonders for a side, I think, just having someone that, you know, you can rely on like that. And she was, of course, uh, this time last year playing in the... playing in grade final day. She wasn't playing in the... Uh the final, the VFL final, which is uh, obviously playing for Bendigo. I'm pretty sure they got the win from memory. No, they lost. They won every game right. but that one. They got rolled so, by Deer Park. I definitely, she was hugely prominent in that game, mm. um, just thinking back to it. So you know you've got the experience there as, as well of, of big games. As uh, the both sides just leave through the gates now and go down the change rooms to uh, get prepared to come out onto uh, the Oval. Um, one player as well that we'll be definitely focusing on today and will be a key for, for Darabin. In fact, Christy Williams 
suggested that she will be BOG today as Melissa Hickey. Yes, I did. And uh, as I uh, gave you odds on the message uh, I sent, <laughs> I would uh, put Mel Hickey at reasonable odds to uh, get the bog. But I think the, the way that she's evolved this season and the way that she you can see you know, fitness, um, the, the approach that she has to the game, it just keeps getting better. I think that's what's so impressive for me. And if you follow her Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever, you can see how much this means to her. Mm. But she's a very good player in her own right, but she just keeps getting better. She keeps finding ways to change. And for someone that could be just previously a lockdown full forward, like she often played on, on KB uh, in those in those old Next draft thing, yeah. games years, yep. years ago, um, but she just keeps getting better. That's what I think so impressive about her. And this season, she and not necessarily, I'd say better. Maybe well-rounded is a better, better term to describe her as. And that's why I think she's going to be massive in this game. Obviously, she she loves the contest. Um, still very composed. She's kind of fiery on the field, but she never. It's never. Um, in a bad way. She always seems very composed. That's why I think she's really primed for a big game. Not necessarily, again, with the stats. Sometimes she can rack them up. But she certainly, whether it be lockdown, whether it be go into the middle, bust a, bust a few ribs, I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing her, her play today and seeing what she brings to the table. For me, she is the most improved player in the oh. Falcons lineup. Yeah. And I rewind back again to that game in Hamilton. Oh, that was a phenomenal for, game. For me, that was her breakout in a, in a side that's had so many outstanding midfielders. She's put her hand up this season and taken on more responsibility. As we've alluded to, she predominantly played across the defensive 50 line in seasons gone by. And lockdown as well, not a rebounding kind of defender, a real lockdown yeah. kind of defender. And earlier in the season we were talking about how the role of some of the VFL women's sides now were to create more versatile players. I reckon you could stick her in the forward line and she could be just yeah. as potent. I reckon the yeah. ruck. She'd she, give you a contest in the ruck. Yeah. She's not a huge person, but she'd give you a contest. And, and as you say, Honestly. a, a great decision-maker. Her and Paxman, I think, have created a yeah. a new midfield for the for the Falcons. She, she will essentially be off the leash today because the worry for them would have been if Bernardi was playing, he didn't have to go yeah. to South Africa, and if Bernardi looked like she yeah. was going to be dangerous early on, they would have had to go to Mel. And, would she, have, would have, and yeah, she would have done it well. Yeah, yeah. she would have done it well. Just, they would have yeah. taken her out of the midfield. Yeah, and been you will have to keep an eye on her and shut her down. Yeah. Because Bernardi's there not to worry about now, it's a case of, Mel, that's one less we've got to worry about. Go for your life in the midfield. You're off the leash. That, that game in Hamilton, I, I don't actually, in the last two years, I don't think I've ever seen a better individual game. And they weren't expected to win that game. I think we all thought that yep. was the beginning of the end for Melbourne Uni, basically. I can't remember seeing I can't remember seeing a better individual game. And not necessarily, as I said, in terms of stats or anything like that, but just influence on winning, like influence on her team, and she does a lot of work off the ball as well, a lot of extra. She provides a lot of run. She's continually doing one percenters. Honestly, I don't know if I've seen a better. And we were all gobsmacked, surprised in a good way. But that's, and it does, she would do that job very well. If she has to lock someone down, boy, she does lock them down. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's very good news for her to be able to be free, whether it be up the wing from the half. I think she's really dangerous off half-back, so she can feed it. She could be that, that kick to Paxman, who then is that link player inside mm-hmm. the forward 50. They're just, they're probably two of the, the best decision makers and cleanest. He gives not the longest kick, but she's always, as you said, very precise. She's, they're, they're the two probably, I think, best disposal, best disposal players in the, 
again, not necessarily always racking them up, but certainly the best at it, I think, um, in the competition. And it's going to be... And you know she's going to love the contest, obviously, and it's going to be exciting to see her, I think. To, to be fair, there's probably another player that on the opposite side that's off the leash for Diamond Creek. We talked about Emma Grant going to centre-half back, and with her back there now, and you've got Hetherington, you've got Jeray, you throw in Moorcroft as well, and the midfield has got Loins, Audley, yep. Renee Hicks in there. That means Stephanie Chiocci is free to go anywhere and do anything she pleases. And considering the fast track that is Eddie had, she has to bring the game today. In the previous final, and even in the games that we saw against St Kilda Sharks and Melbourne Uni in the middle part of the year, her second efforts around the contest this year has been phenomenal. If We're talking about Hickey taking the step up again. Steph Chiocci, I think at the end of last year, she had a lot of pressure on her shoulders. She was mm. a, a, a leader in a side that was basically crumbling around her. She she was really, I think I think she was struggling, and you could tell in that her on-field performance wasn't clicking. She moved clubs away from the Bulldogs to Collingwood in the, the AFLW this year. Got the captaincy there, which I think... A lot of people were maybe shocked at considering her poor performance in 2016, but it gave her a new lease of life, and she's come back to Diamond Creek a much better player. And again, it's not the selfish act of collecting up and, and gathering the disposals, probably like she's tended to do in the past. It's around the, fo- the footy, creating the space for her players and just the pressure that she applies, specifically when she, she sort of rotates with Emma Grant, I've noticed, across that half-back role. She, and, and similar to what a Daisy Pierce has done previously for Darabin, that gatekeeper role across half back, she's been extraordinary in that role as well. And for me, if Darabin let her off the loose, that could be the game breaker. Mm. And she, you talk about her improving. She had to improve. I think yeah. she she got a lot of hype. I think unnecess- probably undeservedly a very high draft pick from not proving it. And it seemed like the psychology, and you've heard her speak, that she was disappointed not to be a marquee. And I think she then realised, hang on, I I now can't rely on my name. I actually need to perform now. And that's, she has. I've been critical in the past for getting getting the glory and not actually backing it up with touches or with any pressure. And she's completely changed. I think the psychology of, as you're saying... She, she was disappointed and she realised she needed to improve and it was particularly that pressure. Often, when you go missing in games, that's okay, but so long as you're providing a contest, you're creating pressure, that's okay. And that's what she now is finally doing. And the one thing that's helped as well is Tanya Hetherington now being back and playing and being her co-captain. And as you, and as you see that Trotch might be the more motivational captain before they run out, have the word and whatever, and get out there. But Hetherington's the better on-field yeah, captain, you have particularly to being at full-back. Practice what you preach. She's right? able to go out there. As you see every now and again, when the play's gone through the field, Hetherington will push up and start barking instructions to those off the ball of where you need to line up, where you need to be. Whereas, of course, with, um, uh, with, with Chochi, Chochi can't technically do that because Choch is... Um, Choch is essentially looking to get her own ball. Yeah, she's more she's looking yeah. about, what have I got to do? Where's my space to go to? She needs to focus solely on that. Because you're Heddington being a full-back and you're not involved in that play that much until it comes deep, you can sit back and look at the whole field and go, right, this is where we need to set up. She reminds me a bit of Luke Hodge. And uh, earlier in the year when we, I think Channel 7 took his, you know, the, the hooked him up with audio, mm. 
and you, you saw him directing traffic on the ground, you see exactly the same thing with Hetherington out on the park, yeah. doing the hand signals, putting players in the right positions. And um, that, uh, that's nice. certainly a helper's. I think I think we're getting some cross interference. I might have to just uh, turn off the mic there for a second, courtesy of uh, Seven's coming across our frequency. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've gone to the same Aldi store, I reckon. <laughs> we had that happen at uni the other day. We were recording stuff for like one class, and a lecturer came in and was like, "Sorry, someone's mic is going over the lecture theatre. Someone was talking in someone else's lecture theatre by accident. Whoopsie." That's okay. so, 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 Deneve and Katie, take a seat. We'll be back with you guys when the bounce starts. We'll turn everything back on again, and hopefully not have that, that interference. Or we'll have to turn you on and off as we go. Yeah. Hey. Oh, no offence. <laughs> but I, I guess the question comes down to: Okay, Trotch gets the ball. She goes forward. Now we have the half-forward problem without Bernardi being there. Brittany Gretsch is there, and I know back in the 2014 grand final, Daniel Hill, who's called with us, was big raps and Brittany Gretsch and said, if Gretsch performs well, they win. And she had a shocker because Mel Hickey went to her and said, <laughs> close down, you're out of the game. Gretsch has really got to perform. She's only just been a bit half player at best. But then who do you really put at centre-half-forward? Who, who, you've got as much as Spockout's talk about bringing players into the side. I think it's easy to bring in a, um, for a better term, a no-name player and throw him in defence, get him in the back pocket, get him to do a defending role. But someone to create, and I wonder, from what we saw at Melbourne uh, game against Melbourne Uni uh, at Plenty War Memorial Park, when they experimented and they threw Lisa Williams to centre half forward. That was the person I was just about to... You stole my thunder, mate. <laughs> I wrote it in the article, so you were still annoyed. <laughs> all these notes prepared for it, have all gone to pot. Um, yeah, I think she... It, I reckon it's either her or Malloy, I think, across half forward. I think Malloy's got the tank to be able to be pushed up further uh, around the ground, um, and I think maybe she could play that role, but definitely Williams, because I don't think she's needed across half-back anymore, a role that she played last season. I don't think she's needed in the midfield because they've got that all covered. I think it's either on the wing or the half-forward flank that she's most dangerous uh, in today's game. If she doesn't go there, Lucy, what do you think if Chotch actually goes to centre-half-forward? I think it, it could work, but you want I think you want Chiochi around the contest, like yeah. in the middle. And I was just thinking, I know she had the job on last game, but Karen Harrington, I played against it in Bendigo. She kicked, well, Bendigo was a very good side and beat yeah. most teams by more than 50 points. They beat us by 100. She kicked eight goals, I'm pretty sure. Um, super strong, super tough, great mark, overhead, very fit as well. So if Gowans wants to roll the dice, you could easily put her in the forward line. Uh, it's the old unfortunate robbing Peter to pay Paul if she does go yeah, there. Exactly. Who, goes to, who goes to Brennan? Exactly. She's that is the, the only thing. She's the least player you can afford to take someone off mm. of. It's, it's, that, it's that much of a pickle. Yeah. If, if we go through the side, I mean, if I look at athleticism, I would have said Fitzpatrick, but Fitzpatrick's been named as an emergency. Maybe, I know it's gambling, maybe Laura Terea? Uh, not sure about that. Yeah. She's got the athleticism for playing Gaelic football. She's tough and doesn't mind ironing a person out, but can she go the full game with KB? I'd, I would think so. I'd, I'd no. prefer to, ha if, if that was going to be the, the scenario, I'd prefer to have Hetherington on KB. Yeah. Because Jiraya, I think, can, inside defensive 50, 
she's more of the player similar to a Moorcroft who can come in and impact the contest rather mm. than chase someone. Yeah. And I think she's got more awareness of doing that role rather than the, the one-on-one running around the ground. Because the problem is if KB works up the ground, do you really want Hetherington dragged all the way up the ground? Not only because she's watching her, but as we just talked about earlier, you're taking away the leader out of the full well, back line who is yeah. going to direct traffic. Well, it's, it's not even often as simple as one-on-one as well. She might be, and you can see it a lot with Alex Reds. If people try and drag him up, they'll they'll change up who is marking who to keep to keep him at home. So that could that's definitely a uh, an option, I would think. Can I throw up a hypothetical for you all? Mm-hmm. We saw Malloy run on Bree Davy earlier in the year. If Birch gives her a bit of attention early on, would you risk moving her outside defensive yeah. 50 get her in the and running game. her with yeah. Brennan? Get her, get the young, get the youngsters in the game. Get a touch. And get as she, many as, get the confidence up, certainly. And she Probably accepts there. responsibility. I look at some of the crunch games that we see Preston City Oval in that game against Darabin. In the third term, she had a ripper. She's played other games around the ground where she's been thrown in different spots and she plays her role. If if Mm. she goes there, Gretsch goes to full forward out of the goal square and she's one that wouldn't mind if Birch tried to shove her because she'll shove back. Mm. They have Abitangelo as well, who's pretty exciting up forward, Diamond Creek. So they definitely, the more we have this conversation, the more I feel that Diamond Creek do have the options. I look at Abitangelo and go, because we're talking about centre-half forward. I wouldn't have put a centre-half forward because no. her best works out in the wide and the wings. Yes. She's the type of player that will sneak around the contest. You won't spot her, and then she'll pop up out of nowhere yeah. and either steal the ball or give you an option in the pocket. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And she's done that a few times. We saw her do that in that major semi-final against Darabin. But, yeah, the, the centre-half forward debate, I think they do. They have the options. Um, but Chloe Malloy, I think... Or Karen Harrington. They're the ones that I would like to see. We talk about how Diamond Creek's become this versatile side which can cleanly move the football now, uh, well execute. Flipping it around, Darabin for such a sustained period of time were that clean side. They were precision skill makers. They executed brilliantly in grand finals against Diamond Creek. That's what won them the game. When Diamond Creek were applying that pressure, they just kept to their structure. We've seen it a couple of times this year against the Spurs in particular where they, they were off their game completely but managed to win because they knew where everyone was on the ground. They hit up targets. We haven't seen that in the last couple of weeks from Darabin. And I'm worried because earlier in the year we were saying Darabin's now a versatile side. But with players feeling flat and mm-hmm. they, they just don't have the energy that they, they had early on in the season, I don't feel they can play around with the Magnets as much as Diamond Creek can in this game, which means their options Ooh. are restricted as you know, fireworks have gone off here at Eddie Hedge Stadium. Fireworks for the Darabin Falcons to run through, led out by Katie Brennan and uh, Aliso Day onto the ground again. We're reminding you that Darabin are wearing almost like the West Preston Roosters type jumper mm. of the white with the red on top and a little bit of blue. So a different jumper to what they would normally be wearing. Compared to Kramer Street, maybe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Darabin out on the ground now, getting their photos taken. They're walking to the bench. If Jane Lang walks past you, girls, just uh, jump on quickly and see if you can uh, grab her for one or two quick words and just have a chat with her as the Darabin crew make their way to the bench. For Diamond Creek, they've actually not only got the fireworks, they've also got the banner as well. And There's put- a lot of words for that banner. Just, just, just for the uh, girls downstairs, Darcy Vessio looks like she's coming to the bench, which... Uh, 
If you can grab a chat with her, it'll be interesting what she's approaching today's game like. I'll let you have a quick uh, little chat with her once... Uh, Did you turn them off again? No, they're back on. They're back on. They're back on. <laughs> just check yeah, you just jump in and have a quick word. In fact, as we see it at this very moment, let's go Neve Felton on the boundary line chatting with uh, Darcy Vestio. Neve, turn the mic up and have a yard. <laughs> All right. We've got Darcy Vestio down here with us. It's really hard to hear you up there, but um, hopefully it's all good. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, feeling really good. Really excited to um, watch the girls play today and hopefully we can get up. Yeah, um, and who do you reckon? Obviously, you're not here to like, be able to play today, but um, who's your tip for best on ground then? Uh, well, it'll be hard to go past Daisy Pierce. I feel like she stands up in these sort of games, so I'm, I'm hoping it'll be one of our girls. I don't mind who. Um, but, yeah, obviously, we're, we're going for the win more than anything. Uh, what's the mood been like in the camp throughout the week? Obviously, uh, this, this situation is new to you guys, grand final week. Uh, how's it been? How has the feeling been in camp throughout the week? Yeah, really good. Um, obviously, the win against St Kilda was really close, so the girls were pretty tired from that, but um, we bounced back straight away on Monday. And, uh, on, we got together on Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, so um, we had a little bit more time together, and I think the feeling's really positive and there's heaps of energy. Sure. Do you feel like the kind of pressure's off a little bit after, you know... Yeah, perhaps there could be. I think um, it's a really different feel going into this year's grand final. Um, yeah, obviously losing um, that first final, um, the girls had to bounce back. But, you know, we're really loving the challenge and how close this year's competition is. So I think we're up for anything. Thanks for your time. Nate Felton and Katie Lambeski down there with uh, Darcy Vesio on the boundary line. Scott Gowns, by the look of it, is actually walking up to the coach's box upstairs, or is he going to coach from down on the boundary line? It looks like Gowans might be there on the boundary line. Uh, Gilles, see if you can walk across to your left towards the Diamond Creek bench. Scott Gowans is walking around now. You might be able to grab him just for a quick second to get his uh, opinion before we head out there. As the smoke <laughs> tries to clear, but of course the roof is closed, so I guess it's not the smallest thing in the world. Just a subtle change clear, but for the Diamond Creek jump. So I guess the white just in their back. Cross the Yeah, I think they could become the traditional strip. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Maybe very well be the last time oh, they wear yeah. it, too. Yeah, because I saw during the week when Chotch uh, put a photo of the jumper and it had a grand final logo on there yeah, as well. And I thought, oh, hang on, they make special jumpers for the occasion. And, uh, yeah, it looks like the league and probably Channel that's, 7 had a bit of a great. word and said uh, we would like to make sure that everything looks nice and clear and presentable for TV. Could have used that throughout the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just as long as they weren't rainbow numbers. I know it's a great <laughs> cause, but they were hard to see. Especially on that outer side wing oh, when the, the sun was going feeding off that aluminium. Oh, how good were those hot chips? I want those hot chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, only to go back to oh, Hamilton, so indeed. $2, too. Oh, not too far away. From, not <laughs> the dream. Not too far away from the toss of the coin and uh, the national anthem. Our boundary riders are just heading across to Scott Gowns now. He's chatting to Anthony Stankin, so hopefully he can interrupt and have a quick word on his thoughts heading into this grand final. Ten minutes away from Bounce Down here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and the RSN Racing and Sport app. Let's head down to uh, the boundary side right now. Katie Lembeski and Neve Felton. Oh, we're now... Yeah, really good. We um, we prepared really well. It's just Anthony Stang. It's it, it's they're so calm. They're just you know there's a real calmness to the girls and um, there's no uh, panic or anything like that. And I reckon that's you know, 
better part of it is they've been really good at their preparation for the last three, four months. So it's uh, so it's really good. Um. Well, when he is Neves, Mike, there, Katie's just having a few uh, problems with hers. Obviously, based on. Uh, the result a couple of weeks ago, is that, is that that added confidence, I guess? I think so. I think you get a bit of belief from it. Um, so there's definitely no arrogance because Darabin are a mighty, mighty side. They've got so much talent. But um, I reckon they get a little bit of belief. And what that does, it creates momentum. So um, if we can get off to a good start, uh, it'll go a long way just to uh, reinforcing that belief. I reckon we'll be hard to beat then. Sure. Um, who starts on Katie Brennan? So we're going to go with Karen Harrington again. Um, and we've got plan B, C, D, E and F. <laughs> but, uh, but she's a superstar. And, uh, yeah, we'll just go with Karen. It worked last time, so why not go with it again? Uh, is depth the key in this case? I see one of the main differences I've seen with Diamond Creek this year is that it bats really deep in the squad. So is that, you know, does that give you extra faith as a coach, I guess? Absolutely. And uh, there were five or six girls really unlucky to miss out. But, you know... You've got to remember, we lost at the start of the year Jess Cameron with a shoulder reconstruction. Christine Bernardi's not playing. Tiana Ernest, Laura Adard, Bellarare. So there's a lot of players not playing. But what it has done is given opportunities to the next level down. And to be honest, they've surprised me in a good way. And, uh, yeah, there's, we, I reckon we could have, in the end, had maybe 33, 34 players that we could have played. So, no, you know, our superstars probably aren't at the level of Darabins, but our evenness as a club is much better. Thank you so much for your time. All the best. Scott Gowans there, the coach of the Diamond Creek uh, Women's Football Club. Thank you very much to uh, Neve and Katie there on the boundary. And uh, when they do the national anthem, I might get you to turn the mic on uh, downstairs so therefore we can pick up the ni- national anthem uh, nice and clearly there from the boundary line. And as he mentioned, that's one out that we've actually forgotten about. I forgot about it. In Earth. Yeah. But to be honest, Lucy, I think Earth played in that game against the major semi-final. Didn't have much of an impact, but I guess didn't have to worry because Downey was doing all the ruck work and did it well. Yeah, Downey did such a great job in that game. Not only did the ruck work pretty immaculately, but was such a strong mark on the um, 50, 50 arc when Darabin were trying to get it out of their defence. So I think Downey really stepped up in that game so you can see why they want to put her back in the ruck. So uh, as the smoke still tries to clear here <laughs> at Etihad Stadium, what's the smartest thing in the world, is it, to uh, let us smoke when you've got a closed roof? Um, we might as well get our official tips again. Quickly down the boundary line, Neve Felton and uh, Katie Lambeski. Your tips today and your BOG starting off with Neve. Um, <laughs> I believe I said Diamond Creek by 11 with Chloe Malloy as best on ground. I reckon she's going to provide a great target up forward and she'll be able to kick a few crucial goals. Katie Lambeski. Uh, I'm still going to lean uh, with Diamond Creek by a couple goals with Emma Grant as best on ground. Um, just a key in setting up the play. Uh, we'll be instrumental on a day on a ground like this, so emigrant for BOG. And get yourself a selfie with Sam Lane at some stage during the day as well mm-hmm. while you're down there. She's, don't let her stub you. She's I'm fangirling so hard. <laughs> 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 saw that from the selfies you were taking before. <laughs> on RSC Carnival Digital Radio, we'll have the Boundary Riders mics on because we're about to uh, pick up the uh, national anthem. Both sides lining up again. Uh, if you're matching up our call with the TV vision, Darabin are wearing the white jumper today with the uh, red and blue while in the, what you can almost call the Coburg-type stripe of uh, navy blue with the red sash is Diamond Creek. We'll go down to our MC now on the boundary line for the national anthem here at Etihad Stadium.
Good crowd in attendance here at Etihad Stadium. Just having a look around, we don't have official numbers at this stage, but I'm guessing somewhere at least in uh, the 3,500 to 4,000 vicinity, which is good to see, and the crowd still streaming through the gates. Of course, we're expecting a lot here today, Lucy Watkins and Christy Williams, because uh, as part of a triple header, we expect an invasion from the Richmond faithful for mm. when they have their VFL men's grand final afterwards. Oh, okay. I was wondering why the Richmond cheer squad was here. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. But you're just showing up at random places because they're so happy. Yeah, well, I actually legitimately thought that's what was happening, so I forgot about that. Good luck to Richmond, I guess. So, of course, Richmond playing Port Melbourne at 3pm here at Etihad Stadium in the VFL Men's Grand Final on 7 and, of course, at 7.35, uh, it is San Ram and Geelong in the TAC Cup Grand Final. Co-captains of Diamond Creek, Stephanie Chianchi and Tanya Hetherington heading to the middle with Elise O'Day for the toss of the coin. I believe the call might be with Elise being technically the away team because uh, they lost in the major semi-final, had to make their way here. And uh, Stephanie Kiochi has won the toss, and she's electing to kick to right of screen, the Coventry end. Normally at any ground, Coxie, we talk about wind advantage, but none here whatsoever. No, no, and for me that is beautiful. Yeah. I don't think I've worn, worn one layer in our broadcasting position. You're almost naked, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's quickly get our predictions as well that we saw on girlsplayfooty.com. Lucy Watkin, again, your prediction on who will win by how much and the BOG. I think it will be a close game, um, tipping Diamond Creek by five points. And as we discussed before, I think Steph Chiochi is going to really step up today and get BOG. Christine Williams, you're the black sheep of the family. Yeah, look, uh, looking, at, looking at the stats, uh, you'd want to think that Diamond Creek, given what happened last time, but I just got this feeling about Durban, I don't know, that... The head, everyone's head is saying that they're not, they're not ready for it, they're not going to get it, but I've just got a feeling, I've just got a feeling they're going to get up for this one. You got Darren by 17 in the BOG yep, being yep. Uh, Mel yep, and, uh, Lauren Arnell for first goal, if anyone cares. Boxy. <laughs> Diamond Creek by 13 points, Pete. Chloe Malloy to be best on ground, capping off a brilliant 2017 for her. And I am going, I'm a bit nervous now because Bernardi's out, but I'm sticking with it. Diamond Creek by 18 points with Shay Audley, the serial pest, to get yeah. my best on ground. Oh, she always gets your best on ground, she's, doesn't she, Pete? She's starting in the middle next to <laughs> Mal Hickey as well. Oh, that's some fire ground. Someone's going to leave in a body bag. <laughs> to get... Katie Brennan inside 50. <laughs> to get underway here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio on the Swiss Rollers VFL Women's Grand Final, here's your league caller, Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. Pleasure to be with you through RSN Carnival Digital Radio or via the girlsplayfooty.com website. We are here for the 2017 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. These two sides know each other very, very well, but it very different circumstances in 2017. Diamond Creek winning the major semi-final a couple of weeks ago. Darabin have come the hard way around. But will the old foes collide once again? We're underway in the middle. It's straight to the deck and we'll get another ball up. Under the roof here at Etihad Stadium. Good crowd beginning to build. Ball back underway. Tap went the way of the Falcons. Grant 
Tries to pump it forward. Hickey did the same thing for the Falcons. Ball comes out wide. Rosali gets a kick towards the half forward flank. In fact, it's inside attacking 50. Out the back is Gretsch. Gretsch goes towards the top of the goal square. Bouncing ball. Birch and Malloy chasing after it. Close to the boundary line. Birch keeps it in play but goes to ground. The umpire waves the arms. Calls play on. Krieger's with the numbers. Here's Kiyochi up against the boundary line. Handball inboard. Malloy under pressure. Can't get a clean handball away. It's on the deck. Marinoff, there's a hold and a free kick going the way of Diamond Creek. Crowd behind them early as well. Put a bit of mayo on that one. Forward pocket, outer side for the Creekers searching for their first goal of, or first score of the game coming at the minute mark. Lucy, how big would this be for Malloy's confidence to get one on the board early? So big. To get the first over Birch as well will be huge for her. So, Diamond Creek come in, right foot kick on its oh. way, and it's touched off the boot of minus score. It. Didn't cheat, he'd kick, mm. he'd kick through it. Don't think that was Malloy either. Pick well, that up in a moment. Kennedy. Kennedy. Good start. Thank you. As the ball was kicked out from full back. That's why I asked if it was Malloy we get the first one, because it wasn't her kicking it. As the ball goes towards half back, now taken away by Pierce, trying to get a hurried hand pass out to Marinoff, dispossessed from the football, but it got it back to Daisy Pierce, put on the right boot, coming oh. up the contest, it was Lauren Moorcroft, but managing to stand hard and getting a clip over the ear at the same time was Jessica Delcos. Delcos broadcast side, looking further afield, goes on the left boot, working wide towards Marinoff, Hetherington comes to the contest, tapped it down, Brazali is immediately caught by Tyndall, and the umpire says no problem opportunity will call for a ball up. She asks about the attention that she's getting and the umpire says, hey, it's grand final football I throw the whistle away. So he throws the ball up in the air again. Eager to go up in the contest versus Downey. Downey wins it down, taken by Barton. Lost control of the football. Still on the deck. Paxman went in there, lost control of it. Paxman got it back again. Put on the right boot. Long towards the half-board play oh, position. Brennan stands tall and takes the mark. Brennan, right boot, goes towards the half-forward flank position. Awkward bouncing football, taken by O'Day. Had to get rid of it before she was cracked. Kicked inside 50, Delpos had it momentarily. Jaray took it away, kicks it out towards the wing. Loin sat and waited for the football. Did she wait for a bear? She read the awkward bounce. Tries to shrug up the paddle and Lawson's heaven. She's gone! Holding the football, Darabin free kick. Daisy Pierce takes the advantage, broadcast side. Chips short, hits up. Melissa Hickey, centre wing. Looks for options further afield. Hickey sends the ball inside, attacking 50. Fist applied by Moorcroft. Put it into the hands of Hetherington. Got a handball further afield to Hicks. Halfback flank, broadcast side. Comes looking for Lloyd, centre wing, broadcast side. But it was just an awkward bounce for her. And it dribbles over the boundary line and out of play. On special comments this afternoon, Lucy Watkin. Both teams finding options. I think the nice advanced passes of Etihad Stadium are doing it nicely for both teams. No wind. It's good footy to so far. Umpire throws the football back into play between centre wing and half forward flank for the Falcons. Downey and Egan pushing in a shoving. Marinoff took a straight out of the contest, got knocked out of her arms. In goes Amelia Barton. She's immediately wrapped up. Egan over the top and the umpire calls for a bounce. Early impressions on the boundary line. How the game's going so far with Nick Felton and Katie Lembeski. Nope, they're too busy watching the contest. Good on you. There's the ball is there now for Brazil. For the uh, player to try and run onto it, and Percy Lamb is up against the boundary line. Shoves over Daisy Pierce at the same time. A little bit of aggression in the contest. Guess who comes running in, say, Audley? And immediately following her is Melissa Hickey. <laughs> Jeez, that, 
that that is almost like a bushfire waiting yeah, to start. Some, and they're all the same number L- too. <laughs> light the match and just stand back as the ball is thrown back into play. Dowdy versus Egan. Dowdy wins the tap down. Red best though by Daisy Pierce. She put it on the left boot very close towards the boundary line. Had to be picture perfect and she was. She got it to O'Day. O'Day, mongrel kick on the right boot. Cut off at the last second by Moorcroft. Umpire says chopping of the arms, the rule that we hate the most. And Mick McDonald gets the resulting free kick. Half forward flank, 55 metres out from home. Decides to go to the pass towards Braddon. Beats out Harrington, takes a mark. She'll be lining up from 35 out. Lucy Watkin. Good to see Katie Brennan early, but Daisy Pierce has been the star early on. She's been in every contest, clean hands, good decision-making, all the good things that Pierce does well. Yeah, She's touches. doing it best. You can see that Brennan's thinking about the runaround, so they're just quietly watching that space there. She'll be keeping for 35 out in the tight angle, just a couple of metres in from the boundary line, looking for the first score for the Falcons for the game. A long kick by Brennan is away to the left-hand side and will register as a minor's score. So we've got five minutes of this first term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and the VFL Women's Grand Final. It's one point apiece between Diamond Creek and Darabin. Creek is to bring the ball back into play. And to do the kick-in duties is Duray. Goes towards the half-back flank on the outer side. Waiting out the back is Abitangelo. Ball spilt free. Paxman on the end of the handball. Goes inside attacking 50. Arnell might have got a shove in the back. The umpire calls play on. She's seen over the boundary line and out of play with the ball in her hands. About 40 around from goal. Out of side at the locket end of Etihad Stadium. For the 2017 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. The umpire spins the ball back into play. O'Connor and Downey go at it. Ball favours Downey. Grant got taken high. The umpire missed it. And instead he'll call for a ball up. Half forward flank out of side for the Durban Falcons. Both sides a minor score apiece. Six and a half minutes in to the first term. Audley hovering. Daisy Pierce has put the clamp on her. And Pins holding the ball. Marinoff elected to take the advantage. Oh, she got no. caught. She's holding the ball. Grant to get a free kick on half-back. Sounds like Oprah. You're holding the ball. You're holding the ball. Everybody's <laughs> holding the ball as it goes out towards the uh, back flank. Up against the pocket there, getting a hurried hand pass away was Riddle. Had to try and concede some ground. Kiyochi going right across the face of goal. Got to be uh, centimetre perfect, and she was to Moorcroft when McDonald was bearing down on her. Now going in the Kirby Hicks direction. Awkward ball for her. Arnell on her hammer. Half-back flank now for the Creekers. Oh. Going in hard there is County. Nearly took someone's head off in the process. In goes O'Day. She's immediately Wrapped up here by Frazali. Fire blows the whistle. Goals for the ball up. Early stats from Christy Williams. Yeah, no, interesting seven marks to, to zip to Darabin. So clearly better use of the football. I just, I just read Diamond Creek as being a bit nervous at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. To the Not used to the occasion. Paxman goes in just through the knee into someone. Umpire missed it. In goes Marinoff as well. Shea Audley involved as well. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Definitely nervous hands, Diamond Creek. A few fumbles, a few mongrel kicks, not, you know, being the perfect disposal they need. O'Connor wins the tap down. Hickey gave the handball immediately off to Tyndall, who was wrapped up. The umpire says going nowhere will ball it up. A couple of metres in from the boundary. Attacking side of the broadcast wing for the Darabin Falcons. Both sides are a minor score apiece. There's a block out and a free kick will go the way of Downey for Diamond Creek. 
defensive side of the broadcast wing. Looks for options down along the boundary line. Up and under kick. Birch sitting underneath it. Got punched out of her hands by Gretsch. Daisy Pierce roving. Puts the handball in front of O'Connor, but it dribbled over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in. Centre wing, broadcast side. Right underneath our commentary position here at Etihad Stadium. As we wait for the ball um, to be thrown back into play. Just now a broadcast position on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Danny beat out O'Connor. Now down to Lloyd. just slammed it on the right boot, trying to gain some distance. Caught from behind there was uh, Gretsch and the easy mark in front of Siobhan Hogan. Hogan on the half-back flank, broadcast side, goes long and high. Rosali crashed the pack at the pivotal moment and saw the ball go over the boundary line and out of bounds. Katie Lembeski with a possession there, throws the ball back to the umpire. <laughs> and uh, we will have a ball up right in front of our broadcast position with Matthew Cox, your lead caller. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. As the ball is thrown back into play, O'Connor from behind brought the ball to ground. Rosali got a kick quick away down the throat of Paxman. Can't maintain control of it. Coming through Barden. Got crunched. <laughs> and they appeal for holding the ball. They're not going to get it. We'll get a ball up. Delpos applying the tackle that time around for the Falcons. Ball up. Attacking side of the broadcast wing for Diamond Creek. Downey the tap to the deck. Barden and Brazali apply the clamps on Delpos. And we'll get another stoppage. An arm wrestle here early at Etihad Stadium. Ball to the deck, Dalpol shrugs the tackle off. Got a handball out wide to Paxman, collected by Lawrence. Paxman kept going and kept her feet. Kicks it along the boundary line, looking for Brennan. It's just a little wide for her. She says, as I'm being held, the umpire says, nothing doing. We'll throw it in. Settling broadcast side. A minor score apiece halfway through the first term. Here on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The umpire to throw it back into play. Centre wing broadcast side. O'Connor and Downey doing a majority of the ruck work so far. Downey punched it into the hands of Dalpos. Got collected immediately. Hickey extracts it. Shrugs the tackle off. Puts the ball to the top of the 50 metre arc. Where the mark is taken by Elise O'Day. O'Day at half forward. 52 metres out from goal. Alex to go to the hotspot. 30 metres out. Daisy Pierce pulled. So the Falcons get there first, and they're looking dangerous. And up, isn't the crowd happy about it? Mm. They've got a big crowd below us. 117 Darabin, Diamond Creek, one behind. 11 minutes gone first term on special comments today, Lucy Watkin. I think we saw in that first major semi-final was Darabin absorbing Diamond Creek, yeah. sort of attacking pressure. But today we're definitely seeing Diamond Creek a bit nervy, and Darabin just pressing, 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 trying to get the ball forward. And when they do get it forward, they look very, very dangerous. So. And he had nine bucks, Yeah, so that looking like the stronger side early on. And the usual pressure that comes from Diamond Creek in the first term mm -hmm. isn't quite there, which is a concern. Ball back in the middle. Diamond Creek will extract it. Barton on the outside got dispossessed. Callanan puts the ball up towards the top of the 50-metre arc. Jurea came across and cut it off. Spirals one out of the boot, bouncing ball half forward flank broadcast side. Hogan chasing after it, release the handball. Rowe tripped over her own teammate there, ball on the deck in dispute. Marinoff gets claimed by Brazali. And the umpire lets it go momentarily. Reynolds now applies the tackle, says we're going nowhere. And we'll ball it up. 
between centre wing and half forward broadcast side. Darabin 117, Diamond Creek 1 behind. 12 minutes into the first term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The umpire puts it back into the air. Down the throat of Paxman. There's a free kick for a hold and it will go the way of Paxman. Defensive side of the broadcast wing. She goes high in the Brennan direction. Did Harrington push her out? She did according to the umpire. Centre wing broadcast side. Katie Brennan looking dangerous early for the Falcons. Goes towards centre half forward with the kick just through the hands of Moorcroft. She gets tackled immediately by Tyndall. And the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Well, KB's had three touches now already and boy, all of them have been very dangerous. Yeah. Umpire with the ball at centre half forward for the Falcons. Good crowd building here at Eddie Had Stadium for this uh, triple header of grand finals. Hand pass came out, stolen immediately by Delpos, goes towards the top of the square, oh. bounce pass, McDonald, Brennan's got it, she's being harassed though by Harrington, Harrington beats her out to it, and Brennan holds on and sees the ball go over the boundary line and out of bounds. Five metres around from the point post at the locket end of the ground. Darren Falcon's crowd clapping, the interchange is going through. <laughs> Hickey coming back on. As... We wait for the throw-in. Brennan will go up against Downey in this ruck contest. Brennan with the body work. Did well. Immediately took it out of the ruck, but then dropped the football. Simpson got tackled there by Moorcroft. Ball spilled free. Back quickly forms. Kiochi comes over the top, appealing to the umpire. He's not buying any of it, and we'll have a ball up. 35 metres out from the Darabin goal. Kicking to the locket end of Etihad Stadium in this first term. As Kiochi got dispossessed. Tindall coming through, got stripped of the ball as well. It's just bobbling around at the moment inside attacking 50 for the Falcons. And you'd suggest, Lucy, that they're controlling momentum at the moment. Darabin is definitely controlling momentum. And the frustrating thing for um, Diamond Creek at the moment must be the Downies hit, is getting most of the hit outs. They're just not using them to their advantage. The um, Rovers for Darabin are just collecting all of those contested positions. They're reading them better. Yeah, exactly. To put it she wins the tap again, does Downey. And it's straight to the deck. Balls extracted eventually by Diamond Creek. Wobbly one on the boot looking for Grant at centre-half back. Went past her. Picked up here on the half volley by Lister. Got dumped. Diamond Creek back in possession momentarily. Ball went past again. <laughs> Under pressure. Lister got claimed. And the umpire says that's holding the footy. Free kick to go the way of Katie Loins. Defensive side of the centre has players out wide. And she's looking to go to direct... Decides in the end to give the handball off to Duray. A long ball towards half forward. Best position though, Lauren Pierce for the Darabin Falcons at centre half back. Wants to go wide. Decides now she has to play on as Hickey. In support, under pressure. Gets the handball away. Darabin a little bit flat footed across centre half back. The handball went astray to Dalpos who got collected by Lloyds. They've still got possession of the footy. Caught here is Egan. Ball to the deck. The umpire is going to ping her for holding the footy, for dragging it in. Free kick to go the way of Diamond Creek. Smack bang in the middle of Etihad Stadium. And Amelia Barton with the free kick looking further afield. What options has she got on as the numbers start to flood back? One kick behind for Darabin. Tries to take the player on the mark. Trying to dance around Delpos. Gets on the right boot. Just kick for rain. Hoping for the best. Lauren Pierce parks herself underneath it. Beats out Lisa Williams. Lauren Pierce now on the right boot, coming out towards the wing position. Mark taken here by Steph Simpson. Simpson wanting to come inboard with a kick. Was pretty good with it. Managed to spot up Elise O'Day. O'Day calling Arnell forward. Goes with an absolute worm burner of a kick. Ball on the deck. Picked up here, drawing the player forward. And hand passing over the top was Saxton. Now 
they're going for a run with the football as Jacqueline Graham. Her kick was shocking. It was turned over by Callender who dropped the football, then picked up by Brazali. Brazali went with a hand pass inboard. Audley had to get a hurry kick away. Moving it forward. Crash, boom, opera. Down goes Graham. But the ball's been up free to Riddle. Riddle's really got nothing on. She's having to go for a bounce. Keeping it right. Oh. Takes a mark and gets ironed out afterwards by O'Connor, who gives her some friendly advice while she's on the ground, Lucy Watkin. Yeah, that was some nice work by Diamond Creek. I hope this is a momentum shift for them, because that was a nice little bit of play. But Darabin, definitely with all of the momentum here. But I think what we talked about before the game is Diamond Creek with that lack of centre-half forward. They just don't seem strong when they go up forward. No uh, position on that 50 arc. Loins comes in, puts the kick on its way, top of the goal square, came off hands, Lauren Pierce gets a clearing kick out of defence for the Falcons, also came off hands that time around, Hetherington handballs it back inside, attacking 50, Audley under pressure, just released the handball, Loins applies a great tackle, the umpire calls play on, Marinoff's dispossessed, Audley gets another kick in towards the pocket, Birch pushes it over the boundary line and out of play. On stats this afternoon, Christy Williams. That's our 14 marks to one to Darren. As we wait for the umpire to throw the ball back into play, deep inside forward 50. Spinning back into play, wins behind, Lauren Pierce was there, crested the tackle, Riddle broke one tackle, went for a snap towards the top of the goal square, Malloy had it then dropped it, Graham is there, slammed it on the boot, out of oh. the at the post. Minus score for the Creekers. They're two behind. Starabin 117. Two minutes remaining. First term football here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. And the umpire has just spotted a 50 metre penalty for someone who got upended afterwards. Just a bit of physicality in this contest. Falcons player down off the ball. It is Delpos. She's copped a couple really yeah. big hits. Well, she's ridden them too. O'Connor goes to Pierce at centre half back for the Darabin Falcons. They lead by five points, approaching quarter time here at Etihad Stadium. Daisy Pierce receives the ball at centre-half, back goes long with the footy. Came off hands, Diamond Creek with the numbers, Audley's under immediate pressure. She had no prior opportunity and will get a ball up, attacking side of the centre circle. Our boundary artists, by the way, will be going to the huddles just to have a quick listen at the quarter time break. And we're getting to check on how Delpos is looking and feeling. As Kiyochi's wrapped up immediately by Paxman, the umpire says, give it to me once again, I will ball it up. Attacking side of the centre for the Darabin Falcons, they're 1-1-7, Diamond Creek, two behinds, approaching the 19-minute mark. Daisy Pierce, long ball, inside attacking 50, bounced awkwardly for Brennan, who gets shoved over by Harrington, and the umpire says she was holding. I'd like to see a replay on that. Here we go, watching at the side, a little bit of a jumper tug, both yeah. holding each other. Oh, I, I think it was and that. the Emmy goes to. But yeah. as soon as you grab a jumper, that's yeah. all they'll... I think yeah, it was that it. last pulling action that yeah. put her to yeah. ground. Unfortunately, they were it, holding each other. It, that's the art it, of it, being a forward, though, isn't it? Was it? There making it look little, like you're not pulling. It was there, <laughs> but there was a little bit of sauce at the end just to highlight it. And again, that's what a good forward does, don't they? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Will be a massive goal if Katie Brennan... Kicks this, it's on its way. Oh, that is straight over the top of the goal umpire's hat. If you want to teach someone how to goal kick, go and watch Katie Brennan and yeah. watch the composure and genuine joy she gets from kicking it. Quite Kate, honestly. Katie Brennan has her first and Darabin a 2-1-13. They lead by 11 points. Diamond Creek just the two minor scores. 
As we're about to hit the quarter-time siren here at Etihad Stadium. Four touches, two to, to KB. And as we said earlier, all of them bloody dangerous. And importantly for the Darwin Falcons, they look the Falcons of old. Yep. Quarter-time here at Etihad Stadium. I should say, just uh, putting it out there. 2-1-13, <laughs> Creek, two behinds with a bit of... Work to do. Goal kickers at quarter time. Katie Brennan with that last one and Megan McDonald with one earlier in the game. With her thoughts on the first term, Lucy Watkins. I think Darabin definitely the team with the momentum at the moment. Looking, yeah, like the Darabin of old. Diamond Creek just looked very nervy. I don't know what it is. Maybe many of these players have played grand finals before. They just look like they're a bit overawed on this big stage. But... I think it's Daisy Pierce with a few influential touches. KB has played very, very well. And Karen Harrington, it looks this time round, is not getting the chocolates in this matchup. Yeah. Completely out of her depth. Is it, is it fair to say that Diamond Creek early seem to have gone back into old habits where they're just kicking straight up the line? There's no sideways movement like we saw two weeks ago? No, there's well, they're not. they're not thinking about what yeah. they're doing to start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're just making they it on the, and they're not, on the boot. They're not applying that pressure either. Either That pressure that sort of startled Darabin, I think, in that major semi-final. They're just sort of kind of hanging back a bit scared, whereas Darabin's really taking the game on. Quickly, Christy Williams with the stats yes. at quarter time. 16 marks to one. Oh, that's a big one. Now, I've, we've, I've talked about it several times that marks in the women's game, uh, they're cert- in the men's game, they're often just an indication of match style, but in the women's game, they're a huge indicator um, of, uh, of obviously tidy disposal because obviously women need to chip it around a box can't kick as far but it's a massive indication of who's on top of the game in, uh, and that I don't think I've seen a, a count that lopsided particularly in mm. such two teams that are on paper kind of reasonably even and that's just I'm just mind-boggling. Five to, five to two in some 50 as well. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. We'll return on the other side of the break, the second quarter of the Swiss Wellness VFR Women's Grand Final. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world, and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. This is the climax of footy's most extraordinary season. The Breakfast Club has the team you want to hear from. As soon as it clicks over the finals, everything changes. They've played September. It's exciting. It's smell in the air. And they dream September. Yeah, absolutely. You can feel it. Yeah, it's palpable. Jimmy Bartell, Simon Goodwin, Brent Harvey, Adam Romanaskis, Jack Rewald, Brendan Goddard and Matthew Ball. Sounds a bit fluffy, but there's a bit of magic in the air in finals time. These are flag winners, Brownlow winners, all Australians and Hall of Famers. So we'll be taking the Premiership Cup around Grand Final Week. We need to bring our best footy to make the dent in September. You get their insight and their take on the biggest games. Whoever wins this game for me is going to be the Premiership favourite. These young kids can come out and bring that in front of the biggest crowds and on the biggest stage. This is Daniel Harford along with Adam White and the entire team. This September will take you all the way to the AFL Grand Final. It's great for our fans to see us back in September and they're really enjoying it as well. The Club 
Club. September Dreaming. You know, springs in the air and, and bonds are still kicking on. Every weekday morning from 6 on RSN 927. The pursuit of the weekend punt starts with hold all tickets. It's RSN's new punting podcast. Brad, Matt and Tommy step up with the news, gosh, form and selections. The team previews Melbourne and Sydney, opens up the turf tape and the timber files, goes around the grounds and sets up the tab multi of the week. Hold all tickets. Get the fresh podcast on Thursday afternoons at iTunes or at rsn.net.au or catch it on RSN's digital radio channel Carnival at 4.30pm Fridays. RSN 927's new Saturday morning. Tell punters start a spring racing Saturday. Nice to be back with you on a spring Saturday. 7am award winning race caller Greg Miles leads an hour of trainer time. 18 runners at Caulfield for that. It's a big day for the stable top. Greg chairs the spring panel. The favourite's a good thing. You've been saying that for a week or so. At 9, Jason Bonington rolls out the interstate and provincial form with the away meetings. It's a good three at Randwick today. Weather forecast is fine. 10, Trots form express and Greyhound form express. He's won nearly every group race under the sun. Then Bonners, Matt Welsh and Queen from the Tab take you up to the first with a good horse. Every Saturday in that critical final hour before the first, we'll take a magnifying glass. RSN 927's new Saturday morning. Made for the punter. Live across the web. This is thegirlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. On RSN Carnival Digital Radio, this is the VFL Women's Grand Final. Let's hit boundary side. Nee Felton and Katie Lembeski. Yeah, really striking in the Darabin huddle. They're very calm, confident, collected, very much know what they're doing. Of course, having uh, an 11-point lead at the quarter time break does help. But, um, yeah, confident and uh, very much in control. Thank you very much to Katie and Eve down there on the uh, boundary line. At the moment, it's Darabin 2 one Diamond Creek, two behinds to get us underway for this second term. Here's your lead caller, Matthew Cox. You might have to wait 15 seconds while they do this Swiss wellness or whatever ad they're throwing on the screen. Yes, yep. Uh, Daisy Pierce will be looking at herself on the uh, screen. Flogging the Swiss the, product. Yep. <laughs> the vitamins. Swiss wellness. You feel better on Swiss, I feel better after half a dozen brownies. Do you, I don't. Better get the second term underway here at Eddie Hatch Stadium. Darabin 2-1-13, Diamond Creek 2 behinds. The umpire holds the ball aloft. Egan and Downey to get us underway in the middle. Downey wins the tap down, follows up her own ruck work. The handball only went as far as Lister. Paxman shrugged off one tackle, almost got caught. Birch in support just shoveled it back in the direction of Paxman under all sorts of pressure. It's just pushed away there by Jessica Kennedy. And it dribbles over the boundary line and out of play. Half forward flank. Lucy, just quick to see they've brought Malloy up towards half forward now to bring her into the game. Yeah, they need to. I do like this. I do like this. So boundary throw in. Half forward flank broadcast side for Diamond Creek. Kicking to the locket end in this second term. Marinoff hovering. Can't collect the footy. Lamb also involved. She's dragged over the boundary line and out of play. And we'll get a boundary throw in. Still on the half-forward flank broadcast side with an 11-point lead the way of the Falcons as we hit the minute mark of the second term. Ball back into play. Egan 
Put it behind her. Good tackle there applied by Amelia Barden. Ball wrapped up once again over to you, Pete Holden, to try and break things up. See what I can do here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app, and via girlsplayfooty.com. Ball's thrown up in the air. Downey wins out in the contest, trying to do her own roving work. Going in there, it looks like Iziggy got the hand pass out. Fight it sideways. Paxman now with a short kick finds Arnell. Arnell, defensive side of centre wing. Broadcast side, Grant on the mark. Looking further afield, players running left, right and centre. O'Day is on shore if she wants her. Elects oh. to go in the KB direction. One, two, bites the cherry. Lost her feet and went through her hands and over the boundary line and She's out of bounds. She's off the chain, KB. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not good. That's not good news for the and Diamond Creek. As I said in the article, KB or bust, and I think she's just going to bust the uh, Diamond Creek bubble at the moment as the ball is thrown back into play right in front of our broadcast position. Downey beats out Egan. Hickey was first on the football, trying to get it out to Daisy Pierce, who has run into the ground. That's holding the ball. The umpire called play on. Baxman goes with a long kick up the line, looking for Meg McDonald. It was immediately caught there by Lauren Moorcroft. Emma Grant goes in as well, pulled off the ball by Maradoff. The umpire blows the whistle. And we will have another bounce, this time 70 metres out from the Falcons' goal. Two minutes into the second term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Downey wins the tap straight down the throat of Daisy Pierce. Egan tried to handball it back to Hickey, has Marinoff in support who just whacked it on the boot in board. Riddle though takes the mark, in fact this is Brazali. Halfback flank on the broadcast side, wants to go wide with the kick in the grant direction, the kick was just a little short. Del Posto didn't take clean possession, getting stripped of the ball there was Harrington, the umpire says that's holding the footy. Katie Brennan imposing herself on the contest here at Etihad Stadium. She's about 60 metres out from goal. Fifth touch for KB. Calling players to come at her. Wants to go long and direct. And at the last minute went short. McDonald didn't complete the mark. Marinoff, 48 metres out from home. The kick to the top of the goal square. Getting back is Moorcroft who takes it on the last line of defence. She goes short into the pocket where Brazali takes the mark. Laura Brazali has the pill for the Creekers. They've got to get cracking. They find themselves down at the moment. Two behinds to 2 one Elects to stay wide. The outer side of the ground. Through the hands of Williams, who couldn't control it. Lawrence busts the way through. Ham managing to find Graham, who's really been racking up the possessions. Goes long with a kick. Too much juice on it. Got away from Gretsch. Paxman's going to try and clean up. Got the hand pass away. Looking for Hogan. Hogan oh, got the football. Well, well, oh, death tap on the Paxman. Paxman going further up the line. Good work from behind by Heatherington. Did the spoiling work. Brazali, though, immediately wrapped up by Maradoff. Umpire comes in and says no prior opportunity. We'll call for a ball up. Maradoff beginning to impose the contest mm. for the Falcons. Yeah. They're all rising to the occasion. And the Kriegers at the moment really under the pup as Downey wins the tap. But again, it's Hickey that wins first possession. This time she couldn't hang onto it. In goes Lambie, tries to strip her of the football. Marinoff involved as well. Lucy, this is a real concern for me early stage of the second term. Every time a tap out's won, Hickey's won it virtually unopposed. Yeah, Hickey's won it unopposed and so is Daisy Pierce. And they're two players. And there we go again. <laughs> don't want to win an uncontested possession in a stoppage. Pierce flicks it back to Paxman. Her handball got smothered. It's on the deck. Diamond Creek under all sorts of pressure. Eventually they get a socket kick forward. Williams can't collect it cleanly. Now she applies the tackle on her Falcons opponent. How's the umpire going to read this one? He says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Inside attacking 50 for Diamond Creek. Four and a half gone in the second term. They need to make the most of this opportunity to the Creekers. It's fisted away by Egan. Ball being pushed back towards the boundary line on that outer side. It came off the boot of uh, Rosali, but 
The umpire says she was already over the line. So we'll get a boundary throw in between centre wing and half forward out of side for the Crakers. They're two behinds. Darabin 2-1-13 here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. And we just keep an eye on the contest here. As Egan again versus Downey. Downey tapped it over the back of the head. Oh, oh Lamb just got upended at the crucial moment there by Callanan. And it's all wrapped up as Chiochi tries to get in there and extract it. Malloy going nowhere. And we'll call for another bounce. We're 55 metres out from goal. She's a big girl too, Kirsty Lamb, so it takes a fair bit to not go for a perch like that. Downey one down, nearly topped the ball back on the face as well for her troubles. Paxman over around the football, going in to get it there with a fired hand pass out was courtesy of Audley. She was trying to find her teammate there in uh, Kennedy. Close towards the boundary lines, the Falcons steal it. Now go towards O'Day. O'Day on the right boot, going up the line, finds Steph Simpson. Jeez, there's so much cleaner with the ball, the Falcons. Coming in board to Cullinan, who's got a lot of space. Cullinan takes the mark, goes for a run. As Arnell blocks, Kiochi goes inside 50. Meg McDonald put the hand up for the football, couldn't hang on to it. Hetherington over around the pill. A little hand pass out. Quick kick off the Come carpet on, there, trying to find space. Renee Hicks, <laughs> they call for deliberate. And the well, other <laughs> says, I'm not buying into it. We'll call for a throw in 55 metres out and goal on stats and on deliberate count. Here's Christy Williams. Yeah, that's two deliberate, so I've called so <laughs> <laughs> 19 marks. Just two, uh, four to Darren. Ball thrown back into play. Half forward flank out of side. Egan won her own contest. Tried to toe poke and get away. Loins paddles it along. Daisy Pierce gets dispossessed and the umpire says she didn't get rid of it legally. Doesn't so happen very often, does it? Diamond Creek with the kick-off half-back. Williams had to be precise with the kick to Gretsch. She was double-teamed. Paxman over the top. It's up a target in Lister on the outer side. Flick the handball back to Paxman. Under pressure from Loins. Escape the tackle. High ball in the Brennan direction. She doubles it. <laughs> Mark of the year by Katie Brennan. Juggling act at the top of the 50 metre arc. She puts it wide. No mark taken. Moorcroft comes across. Got stripped of the ball. The umpire calls play on. Arnell hovering. Grant shoves her off the footy. Trying to get the handball away. Malloy now inside defensive 50 for the Creekers. Moorcroft arrives for support. The ball seen over the boundary line and out of play. Four marks of the year for Katie. And she should have been cut off there because Hamilton yeah. half oh. thought about the contest and then went late. Well, there's no pressure. Commit. I mean, yeah. how can you not put pressure on the best player on the ground? As the ball is thrown back into play, Hickey wins out in the rack contest. Arnell trying to get it away. Lamb immediately caught. Got boots the ball. Kiochi. Swings around, gets on the left boot, really going nowhere with that kick. Oh. Almost mowed down from behind there was Tyndall. Ball popped out to Lauren Pierce, who slanted on the right boot. One, two bounces and over the boundary line and out of bounds. 45 metres out to go. Let's get some impressions from down on the boundary line and get a sense of how both benches are feeling. Down to Nick Felton and Katie Lambert. Connor was off for the first um, about six and a half minutes of the match. Um, and But she's come on just now. She's in the ruck as we speak. Um, and for Diamond Creek, Ashley Riddle and Abitangelo were stuck on the bench for quite some time when the play was on the opposite ring, on, op- on the opposite wing. Um, but they've gone on now. And uh, Sophie, uh, sorry, Katie Loins for Diamond Creek has just come off. Um, she looks to be pretty gas. 
Ball underway inside attacking 50 for the Falcons. Tyndall got the handball across to Marinoff. Got it to O'Connor. Centering ball. Top of the goal square. Diamond Creek defence under all sorts of pressure. Jurea lost it. McDonald flicked the handball looking for Daisy Pierce. Was a little too hot for her. Diamond Creek get jumped on. The umpire says give it to me. I'll ball it up. 15 metres out from goal for the Falcons directly in front. Nine gone, second term, RSN Carnival, Digital Radio, 2-1-13, Darabin, Diamond Creek, two behinds and have got to get on their bike. Kicking it out of defensive oh, 50 yeah. there was Renee Hicks. Works out okay. Eyeball towards the wing where Abitangelo takes the mark. Defensive side of the broadcast wing. For Diamond Creek, the kick well off target. Gretsch with all the work to do. Had no support. Tyndall got the handball back to O'Connor. Goes towards centre-half forward. Emma Grant, the gatekeeper, takes the mark on defensive 50. Grant decides to stick to the broadcast side. Looking for Tanya Hetherington, who takes the mark. They just seem to be rushing when they need to calm it down. Now she goes short in board, looking for Downey. Fiocchi running around in circles. She's got players out wide but elects to go towards the opposite side of the ground. Reynolds beaten out in the foot race. Lister tried to hold it up as Harrington went there. Oh, out to Brennan who got space. Brennan now kicks it, looking in the R now direction versus Emma Grant. Grant's beaten her again. Grant gets a hand pass over the top and is being held up and blocked by R. Now, that should have been a free kick. Mm. As the kick comes back inside uh, 50, Danny was there. Hand pass away, Moorcroft. Now looking for Renee Hicks. Hicks goes in there, Dolpos as well, wraps her all up, umpire circling and blows the whistle to call for a ball up. Ten and a half minutes gone, second term on RSN Carnival. Darabin 13, Diamond Creek 2 and special comments, Lucy Watkin. You just see when every time the ball is anywhere on the ground, there's about three Darabin girls there ready to provide the option and often Diamond Creek are just left stranded. So I think... Darabin very, very dominant on this competition at working hard. Arnell up against the boundary line, brought the ball inboard to Simpson, cut off by Jurea, kicks it outside of defensive 50, bouncing ball, Lauren Pierce had time to gather, flicks the handball back to Paxman, tracks backwards for the Falcons, mark taken here by Siobhan Hogan, goes towards centre half forward for the Falcons, ball comes off hands, Malloy got pushed out of the contest, the umpire calls play on, on the deck in dispute, Diamond Creek can't get a clean possession, Birch flicks the Handball out the back to McDonald, who steadies and is offline. Minor score to the Falcons. Our first score for this uh, second term. 2-2, 14, Darabin. Two behind, Diamond Creek. That coming at the 11 and a half minute mark. You're on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Here's Peter Holden. And Jeray goes long again towards the outer side of the ground. Abitangelo out the back, takes the ball and elects to go for a run. Takes one, bounce, could get mown down. And pickpocketed by Paxman, who now comes back in for to O'Connor. O'Connor with the football. Four to centre, slows things down. Winds up the big boot. Goes long inside 50 with a kick. One awkward bounce got away from McDonald. Slap forward. Jeray chases after. It's got blocked with the ball by R now. Then got a shove. There's another free kick. The umpire's throwing the whistle away for. In goes Arnell. In goes Kiyochi. All on top of it. The umpire blows the whistle. Calls for a ball up. On stats, Christy Williams. No, I think it wasn't for her. I think she's just, she was just, makes just stronger, just stronger. <laughs> the body has shoved her off. They don't, they don't look like they want to win at the moment. Mm-hmm. Tommy Creek, they're just not hunting the ball hard enough. As going into it is Daisy Pierce. who got immediately thrown off the football. In goes Kiyochi as well. Lister over the top. And again, we'll call for another ball up. We're 35 metres out from Darabin's goal. They lead by 12 points. 
And they're inside attacking 50. Someone's lost a shoe, <laughs> it seems. McDonald doing the ruck work. Ball spills free for Diamond Creek. Malloy chasing after it. Shrugged one tackle off. Shrugged two. Oh. Got, got to get the kick away. She does. Looking for Gretsch. Sanawin did that beautifully. Gretsch wheels around on the right boot. Puts it into a bit of space. Chasing after it is Saxton. Oh, Paxman comes it. across and cuts it off. Will chip it out wide. Hogan oh. can't take it on the half volley. Abitangelo will send it back towards the top of the 50 metre arc. The mark is taken here by Kennedy. Centres the football for Diamond Creek. The kick pays off. And Brazali takes the mark. 50 metres out from goal directly in front for the Creekers. It's now a congested 50. Long ball, high ball, top of the goal square. Comes off hands. Creekers with it momentarily. Paxman applies the clamp and will get a ball up. Much better transition movement there for Diamond Creek off half-back. Can I say for that earlier play, Baxman busting a gun oh, to get to the ball. And her opponent, not, not, yeah. And comes back it, to the work rate you were just talking about. Why wouldn't you be excited about kicking a goal in a grand final? Gretch, she didn't look like she wanted it. Baxman slams the ball away. Now the hand pass up the field out to Pierce. That was way too easy coming out of the back line there for Darabin. And Pierce, though, with her kick has let her down. And Moorcroft takes an easy mark sliding into that. Moorcroft, oh, dangerous kick coming in board. Oliver was there with Downey, picked up by Kiyotchi. He's got a buster gut, though, so hand pass a little too much juice onto it. Okay in the end, as the Creekers now pick up the football. Malloy is cut off, rejected by Birch. Birch then gets caught by Malloy. That's the full 360, but the umpire said play on. Gave the hand pass away, got it to Cullinan. Cullinan, nothing to go to. Ball doesn't go out of bounds. Keeps it in play. Hetherington going with her. Hetherington trying to corral her. O'Day comes to support. Oh. O'Day hand pass looking back for Arnell. Hetherington going with her. Arnell up against the boundary line will sneak it in for a minor score. Five minutes remaining in the second term. Darabin 2 3 15. Diamond Creek 2 behind. On special comments, Lucy Watkins. Darabin showing why they're a very classy side just then, but I think Chrissy said it all when it's just the work rate. Diamond Creek just doesn't really look like they want to win. Emma Grant takes the mark, back pocket out of side. Goes down along the boundary line with the kick. Downey got a shove in the back from Daisy Pierce. And we'll get the free kick on the half back line for Diamond Creek. Looking a little frustrated here. As Downey kicks it, but it's turned over. Dalpos takes the mark. Another player who's been a little quiet in the first two weeks of the final series. Going well at the moment for the Falcons. Puts it inside, attacking 50. Mark not completed according to the umpire. And he says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Arnell, the one that didn't take the mark. That's because Moorcroft did get a hand to it as she tried to pull it in. Downey won it down. Dalpos pushes it forward for the Falcons. Paxman now chasing after and under pressure from Vazali. It's seen over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in. Half forward flank out of side for the Darabin Falcons. 16 gone, second term. They're up by 13 points. Here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and the RSN Racing and Sport app. As we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. Spinning back in. O'Connor beaten out by Downey. Going in there. Lister hurry, little hand pass out. Frizzali trying to whack it forward. Delpos there as well. Taken away there by Orley. Got the kick away before having the red scrunchies pulled down. Gitlin towards the middle of the ground. Chasing after a ticky. Got the hand pass away. Malloy coming out afterwards. Birch at the football. Oh. Hogan caught one high over the shoulder from Kiyotchi. 
and gets a resulting free kick. Hogan gets up right in the centre of Etihad Stadium. Plays on quick. Callanan's got a paddock to work with. Emma Grant came up. Popped the whack the other way on the way through. Well, gave it across to Marinoff. Marinoff got it on the left boot. Came in board. Having to come out and commit to it is Moorcroft. Moorcroft draws the player and peers towards it. Hand pass wasn't all that great for Rosali. Had to go backwards to Lamb. Lamb kicked it in front of herself. Wants to go chase up the kick. Tinder with her. Lamb up against the boundary line. Almost scored a try with the way. Oh! Goodness! Whoa! That's uh, that's for a player falling over. I'm not 100% sure about that. We'll have to see the replay. Here's the kick back in play. Going up for it is Lauren Pierce. Going in there as well was uh, trying to fight for it was Kirby Hicks. Ball across the crowd in the forward pocket. Stacks in the middle. They're all hailing cabs. The umpire not buying any of it, and we'll call for a ball up. 25 meters around from the left-hand point post. Starting point lead to Darriman. 17 and a half minutes into the second term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. It's pushed over the boundary line. This time, <laughs> the umpire says nothing doing. We'll throw it in. Board pocket outer side for the Darabin Falcons. They're 2-3-15 Diamond Creek. Just the two behinds, and they came in the first term. Thrown back into play. Downey fists it forward for Diamond Creek. Daisy Pierce. On hands and knees, can't extract the ball. Eventually it spills out the back of the pack. Renee Hicks, clearing kick, it's a bouncing ball. Brazali chasing after it, the umpire oh. says, throw it in. <laughs> Still inside, attacking 50 out of side for the Darabin Falcons. We will throw it in. Any stats on hand there, Christy? Yeah, it's a 24th mark, uh, Darabin now, 24 to 10. It's thrown back into play. O'Connor slapped it out the back. Day coming through. Got a handball away in time. Delpos hovering. hovering. Got it further afield. Interesting. As the crowd calls for ball. Falcons have been able to work it clear here to Melissa Hickey. Long ball, top of the goal square for Darabin. Ball comes off hands. Diamond Creek with the numbers. Steph Kiochi in the back pocket on the broadcast side. Kicks it, looking for space. Going to come straight back in because Birch receives it. Flick the handball to Callanan. Goes further backwards for the Falcons. Rose sends it inside, attacking. Oh. 50, almost the mark. Not completed to Brennan. Dalpos and Pierce chasing after it. Lloyd's on the hammer. Lloyd's went straight into the back. The umpire says play on. Harrington in defence. Got a kick away. And Kiochi takes the mark on the half-back flank. They don't want to concede another one with 30 seconds left on the clock, Pete. And that's what she did. She looked immediately at the scoreboard and told everyone, stay wide. Oh, my God. Oh, she stayed wide and put it out of bounds with a full. Right over the head of Grant. Now gives Darwin the option to try and find the mark. It's that time. They're all screaming. She's going in the KB direction. Whacked down by Hetherington. KB tries to get onto it. Brazali gets caught. Squeezes out the hand pass. Four seconds remaining. In goes Daisy Pierce. Kiochi umpire circling. Pulls the ball up, which means that is half time. Gee, Stephanie Kiochi. Yeah, Kiki, let's stay white. Let's kill the clock. Oh, put it on the floor, my Almost goodness. like Jonathan Patton yesterday. Oh, my time. goodness. It's halftime here at Etihad Stadium in the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. I tell you what, Darren might be looking a little bit sloppier this quarter, but Diamond Creek ain't looking any better. No. The Falcons 2 3 15, the Creek is two behind. With the goal kickers, here's Matthew Cox. Only two of them so far this afternoon. Katie Brennan with one 
And Megan McDonald with the other for the Darabin Falcons. Sees the score at half-time, 2-3-15 to two behinds Diamond Creek. Darabin only getting the two minor scores in that second term. Diamond Creek not getting on the board. Diamond Creek not really making it into that 50 that quarter. And let's quickly go down the boundary line. Sorry, Neve Felton might have uh, Lauren Arnell ask a quick question. Neve, drop on in. Oh, no. They're, oh. they're right in. They're very... Oh! They're not going to go forward. Ask not to. So <laughs> oh. we'll, we'll try again at some point. But we'll see how we go. <laughs> we, we, we've, been, we've been given the fun steer, my oh, love. Oh, yeah, commentator. Where's she going? Oh, you went for another network. Nick, oh. <laughs> Give her the bird on the way through, I reckon. <laughs> that. That's a bit arse. 2 3 15, Darabin, two behind Stomach Creek. Are we interrupted lo- Lucy's look at the second quarter for that? Oh. <laughs> I feel shattered, Lucy Watkins. Oh. Lauren and Al can be a bit scary. And, and, and you know what? I understand. You know what? She couldn't grab Lauren, but Daisy's chatting to Sam on Channel 7. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody Darabin. Oh. Anyway. Anyway, Lucy Watkins. Well, yeah, Diamond Creek hardly made it into their forward 50 in that um, quarter, hardly into their forward half. Um, I think work rate is everything in a grand final, as Christy mentioned um, in, the, in that quarter. And Diamond Creek just aren't working hard enough. The only players who seem to be turning it on are Emma Grant, Steph Chiocci, and Juan Bazale is playing very, very well for Diamond Creek. But aside from that, they've all gone a bit missing. I think one of their crucial things is their work around the stoppages. Downey's taps keep going, she keeps winning the taps, but they keep going for the advantage of Darabin. And when they go to the advantage of Darabin, it's to O'Day, Paxman, Hickey, Delpos, or Daisy Pierce. And they're not players you want to be picking up your... your um, tap outs in the stoppages to literally no contest either so it, it'll be tough for Diamond Creek to get back from here but if they start applying some pressure like they did in that first major semi-final they could so, could make a comeback. Geez, the Creekers I reckon would give an arm and a leg today for yeah. someone like uh, Brianna Davey who could go right I, I'm a physical body type I'm going to start going through Hickey I'm going through Pierce in the middle of the ground I'm not going to win the ball I'm going to take some bodies with me. Yeah exactly and they don't have their foot got a lot of small inside forwards Diamond Creek they have People who will, like Audley and Loins, who will get in there and make a tough contest, but no one, yeah, who can push through or impose themselves really on other players. Let's get some stats at half-time with the Queen of the Stats herself being Christy Williams. Yeah, thanks for that, uh, Monica there, Pete. Um, Daisy Pierce has had 11, 11 touches and uh, quite... Obviously, you can tell by the broadcast coverage that she keeps touching it. But the the other one for me is Mel Hickey's had seven. They've all been, again, very damaging, um, very direct. And Sammy KB, eight touches uh, for her, nine touches, sorry. And she's just getting it almost uncontested. I mean, it's just ridiculous that the close to the best player, or at least the most dangerous player on the ground, is... is He's getting it with with a meter of space. I, I'm not is, I'm not sure what's going on. Which is really interesting because when she played against Karen Harrington in that first major semi final, she had no space. She had nothing. She she couldn't even really impact the, the competition. It does suit KB it, so. this, this ground. There's more more ro- room for her to, to for her to roam, and she's obviously yeah. got a better take than Harrington. But mm. you've got to switch it up. I mean, yeah, you, you do. to change it. If she can't keep up with her, just bite the bullet. You can't believe in people in grand finals. See, the, Chop it. Change it. Could change a game. Just quickly, the only spot that KB did go quiet for about five minutes there in the middle was when Emma Grant went to her. <laughs> mm. Well, is that the answer? And as I said, maybe put Karen Harrington forward. They're going to have to gamble and do something. Yeah. 
um, Olympic Perch is running a lot of space wide as well, I've noticed. So they have double the amount of marks, double the, double the amount of inside 50s. Like 24 marks to 24 marks to 10 and 20, 20 inside 50s to 11. It's not, not anywhere near it. No. And the clearance, I mean, I've only got two heads, so I can't do the clearances as well. But the clearances, they'd be double the clearances as well. And, and I'm concerned about that most of Gyochi's ball is stuck in the back half and it's stuck wide. Well, Considering that she's a quick-moving player, there's nothing to do or they're not able to get her free into the middle of the ground because the best way home is the straightest way home yeah. and there's well, nothing to get down the central corridor. Well, something that I've noticed at least twice now, she's yes, she's but she's burning her teammate. She's, mm. she's almost being selfish and trying to take the game on and it's she, then she's just throwing on the boot. She's not... She's trying to take the game on with, with no thought of her own teammate. She's burning them up the river. You... You can't just... And they know she's quick. They're not... They're going to shut it down perfectly well. She's she's taken it on and then sold her teammates up the river twice. So she needs to, to, to stop and slow down because she's a beautiful kick. She just needs to slow down. And, and they even know that she's quick. They're ready for it. It's not it's not working. Change it. Yeah. And she's only had four touches too, which is... If you compare that to Daisy, it's less than half. What do you do if you're Scott Gowans? Because you know at the moment the body language of your side is they're nervous. Yeah. They're nervous and it's showing in their kicking, it's showing in their disposal. And you can't coach to anyone who's turning the ball over. You can't set up any type of structure if you're going to cop up the football. And when your captain's doing it, that's... Exactly. That's why you've got to lead by example. The only way I reckon Donna Crew can get back into this game is to go completely opposite to their typical game plan and just hang on to the footy. You speak about nerves, just get their hands on it. Chip it around, maintain possession, because as we saw in the mid part of that term, when Darabin became a little frustrated, it was because Diamond Creek were just holding things up. Mm. And there was a little bit of aggression, if you like, being shown from the Falcons, who have been very calm and collected, I've noticed, today. There hasn't been too much of that push and shove that we predicted prior to the game. So if they get their hands on the footy, maybe that might settle down the nerves and just change things up a bit. Because as, as we've noticed throughout the call, they just want to go at every opportunity, but those hurried kicks are hurting them. Oh, hurting them so much. There's no one on the end of them. It's There's no, as Chris said, there's no thinking behind what they're doing. They're just throwing it forward and hoping for the best. But Darabin has that polish when they throw it forward. They and know where it's going and who it's going and to. And worrying for me is continually selling your teammates up shit creek. Yeah. Honestly, they've, it's selfish, but it's really... And, and obviously, it's not intentionally selfish. It's not. Mm. That's not what I'm saying. That they're selfish team. Not at all. But it's that's what it is. It's selfish to to go crap. I can't. I can't handle this. I'm just going to get rid of it to the next one. who gets sandwiched by Darabin. Unlike the major semi final, there's been no confidence in going backwards, going around, taking your time. They're just rushing. They're rushing. They're rushing, and the occasion's got to them. Yeah. And importantly, there's no belief. Yeah. There was a lot of belief in that major semi final, and that's not evident at the moment. No. We'll, we'll take this break here at halftime on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. This is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. It's a low-scoring one, but the Falcons are in control as they head for their fifth flag in a row. They're 2-3-15, leading Diamond Creek two behinds. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Another massive week on The Breakfast Club. It's great to have your company. If you missed any of the good stuff, 
here's a snippet of what we did. There'll be a lot of yellow and black amongst a sea of people at the MCG. And Dan Butler, I'm sure, is looking forward to it from the Tigers. Tim has said from the start, it's a great position that we're in and we're so lucky to be here. We just want to embrace it and take everything in our stride. Coach of the Carlton Football Club, Brendan Bolton, would you expect Adelaide to come knocking again for Bryce Gibbs? Obviously, he's a contracted player, a wanted and required player as per last year. And we had an exit meeting with him the other day and he, he loves the Carlton Footy Club, so I'd expect him to be there. Matty Boyd in the studio, he's been one of the all-time greats of the Western Bulldogs. What the hell has happened to Jake Stringer? Uh, good question, half. He probably admitted that he needs to work harder training because you just can't play at this level without having higher standards professionally and probably one of the most talented players I've ever played with. But that doesn't cut it in the modern game. Cameron White, Victorian cricketing legend James Paddinson could just see him being at least available for the first test. James could bat seven and we could play all four and Gary Lyon. It would help them with their bowling workloads and you're not going to lose much with your batting. The coach of Port Melbourne has been good enough to join us, Gary. Would you ever go back to AFL level even as a, like a mentor for a younger coach? I certainly have the passion for it and enjoy it and if anyone was wanting to have some sort of opportunity to sit with myself and mentor, I'd be certainly very, very happy to put my hand up for that. Thomas Champ, Brendan Goddard. And what colour's the nursery? You know what you're having, though, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another girl. Don't sound so happy about that, <laughs> And what colour's the nursery? It's Hobie for yeah, boy. Nursery. Rosie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scan or test she sent me. Yeah, it's another girl. <laughs> just said, sorry, babe. <laughs> sent a pet Brendan. A girl's dress. Girl's three. And then yeah, yeah, and again, or t- what are the chances they got it wrong? But a listener who said he was on the 17th green at Turnbury for the 94 British Open where you defeated Jesper Panovic by a stroke. How long was that putt on 17? I never measured it, but everyone tells me it was about 52 feet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care how long it was. Brownlow medalist Sam Mitchell who joins us. Which was your favourite premiership? Perhaps the Sydney 2014 because they'd beaten us. I still think about the one that I lost as much as all the four that we won. All the career you had and all the premiership you won, four premiership. You look at the one you lost. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. We love a bet. This is what you might have missed on RSN 927's Racing Pulse. Here we go again. Winks from right out the back and the champ makes it 20 in a row. At the top of the straight when it was time to go, she reeled in happy clapping literally a couple of strides. Great to have the voice of Victorian racing in the studio. Matty Hill, uh, you really can't predict anything even though we, we do the form and uh, you just never know what's going to occur. Oh, but Oliver looks behind the right shot. Keep going, son. Your four legs in front. El Mandon's going to absolutely trot him. He has improved on last year uh, to be able to carry that weight and really pose uh, himself on a field like that. But Royal Symphony over the top. Big win. Just watch the way he just set out after that. Just wanted to just chase it down. Craig Williams getting uh, 23 meetings, I think it was. I thought it may have been a bit of a stake in the ground by the stewards at the commencement of the spring to say this sort of behaviour is not on. Hartnell joined and headed by Humidor. To think that he was going to do that for that class of field, um, I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm looking forward to having Benny Mellon in the inner sanctum. It's got to do with Sheryl Rain. Have you made a decision about trying to make the weight for the Everest? Yeah, I, I actually contacted the connections, Gary, and um, it's got Derby on Sunday, and, and I just felt that 51's probably probably a little bit beyond me. What a big day yesterday was for Victorian Racing when the news filtered through that the decision had been made to run Winks in the Turnbull Stakes at Flemington. We had a little bit of a meeting on uh, Sunday with Chris and he 
gave us his thoughts. He spoke to Huey as well. They just thought that seemed to be the best path forward for her was to give her a three-week break into the uh, Turnbull Stakes, which then gives her a three-week run into the Cox Plate. Letters of notice or warning to trainers being issued in both stakes regarding a certain feed type, which tests have shown may produce elevated cobalt levels. Based on 10,000 results there and nothing coming to light, there's a pretty good indicator that it's, it's pretty well under control. This morning's Inner Sanctum guest is Craig Froggy Newitt. 35 Group 1s. What's your favourite? The one that stands out for me was probably Lincoln Rupee in the Manicato. They swarmed to the line about five or six across. Lincoln Rupee, I reckon he might have held on. Racing Pulse, the heartbeat of Victorian racing. Weekdays from 8.30am on RSN 927. Live across the web, this is the com match of the day. On RSN Carnival Digital Radio, on the RSN Racing and Sport app, this is the GirlsPlayFooty.com match of the day. The Swiss Wellness BFL Women's Grand Final. We're at half time. Darabin 2 3 15 lead Diamond Creek two behinds. The Darabin Falcons coming out onto the ground early, waiting for the Crickers to come out. Peter Holden, Matthew Cox, Christy Williams, Lucy Watkin, Katie Lambeski, and Neve Felton with you. And talking about our boundary liners, we should head down to the boundary and catch up with them to get their impressions of the first half and what each side needs to do in the second half. Let's start with Neve Felton down there on the boundary. Yeah, um, so it's a bit hard to hear you, Stuart. We've got a lot of fans around us. I reckon the crowd's built up, um, especially in the last quarter. Maybe people getting their money's worth with the double header. And there's a, it's a real star-studded crowd, actually. I can see Caitlin Ashmore, um, Nick Stevens is here, Alexandra Saundry, um, Annie Nolan, and her three children are also here, Instagram famous kids. So, um, yeah, it's all, it's all happening down here. And, um, um, hopefully the next half can be a little more entertaining, a little less one-sided. Darabin um, have really flipped back to their old selves, I reckon. They, um, in the last few weeks of finals, we were doubting how they were going and um, what kind of Darabin they were. But I think the old Darabin has really come out to play, and unless um, the Creekers really turn it on, I, I, I fear a bit for them. Katie Lambeski, you've experienced grand final football, winning a uh, reserves premiership medal. Well, if you're in the room with the Creekers at halftime, what are you saying to try and get the nerves out and get them focused? Uh, just tell them we know that we, our best footy is enough to defeat Darabin. You just need to get back to basics, you need to get back to what got you here in the first place. Just that, that kind of that running style. They should take comfort in the fact that they won two weeks ago. It's, it's really it's as simple as that for me. I hope that's the, the message that Scott Gowans has reinforced the, his charges. So... Massive second half coming up. It's only 13 points in there at the end of the day, so huge second half to come. If body language is everything, and I'm just looking at both sides at the moment, I think the grand final's done. Because mm. I just saw David come out, tight unit, went through their warm-ups, into the huddle and out. Diamond Creek kind of ran onto the ground, rushed through their warm-ups, spent 10 seconds of doing it, and then uncoordinatedly just got together in a huddle. And you kind of look at it and you go... That still reeks of nerves and they're just yeah. not... They're not settled, Lucy. They're not settled. They're not settled. And we were saying before off air, they do need to kick the first goal and they need to kick it quickly if they want to stay in this game and boost their confidence. And I can see the Darabin, or Libby Birch especially, giving Chloe Moy lots of attention early. Chloe Moy is biting a bit more than she was two weeks ago. So... Well, she yeah. needs to. 
Maybe, yeah, exactly. maybe she needs to swing one just to uh, switch the... Well, it is the last game of the year, Pete. If you're going to go down front and send one of them with you to get us underway for the third turn, here's Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. We're underway in the middle. Egan, been impressive in the ruck for the Falcons. Won the tap down. Daisy Pierce got dispossessed. The umpire calls the play on and says she was slung into the turf. So Pierce will get the free kick and... We talk about how some of the more experienced players for Darabin have played a lot of footy this year. They're certainly accustomed to the big stage. Only a couple of the Diamond Creek players are a bit overawed as that kick proves. It goes down the throat of Paxman, centre wing, broadcast side. Mark now taken by Callanan. Attacking side of the broadcast wing. She goes inside attacking 50 with McDonald on the lead. At full stretch she takes the mark. Meg McDonald has one goal on the board already this afternoon. Really come along this season, hasn't she, Coxie McDonald? She certainly hasn't. She's playing inside attacking 50 this afternoon. Brennan just couldn't take claim of it. And ball seen over the boundary line and out of play. But I think we're used to seeing her more as a half-back role. Yeah, she's like the quarter... She's almost like a quarter... Not quite a quarterback, but that general role. But she's looked really good up forward. Mm. She's got... She's certainly, at least, as you can only hope for your forwards, providing a contest to bring it to ground. She's certainly done that on every occasion. Wait for the ball to be brought back into play. Downey versus uh, Brennan, taken immediately by O'Day. Got shuffled of the ball. Grant got a hand pass out. Kiyochi going afterwards. Audley gets there first. Gives it away now to Kiyochi. He's got to get away from Lister. Slander on the left boot, looking for Rain, looking for Riddle. And Riddle takes the mark. Riddell now gives the hand pass off to Kiyochi. Goes for a run. Wants to come inboard. Uses it wisely to Lamb. Lamb decides to work sideways with a kick. An awful kick trying to find Hetherington. Hey, Grant in the middle. By herself. Kirstinger is just one of those people she... She gets a lot of disposals. She doesn't often do a whole lot with them, unfortunately. She's just one of those single-minded, get-it-kick-it kind of players. You can see that there, unfortunately. Well, there you go. That's Wilson Christie Williams. Lamb roasted. Back. As the ball is thrown back to play as Egan. Where's the tap there? Trying to find Marinoff going through. Couldn't pick it up. All these immediately wrapped up. Umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball. Another quirky stat there for you. So far, Darabin have been undefeated in these white jumpers. <laughs> well done, Pete. How long have you been working on that? Uh, <laughs> the half-time break. <laughs> ball, ball up, set a wing out of side. Ball dribbles forward for Diamond Creek. Kiyochi lays the tackle. Ball spills free. Quick, quick kick away there from Egan. Goes towards the half-forward flank on the outer side. No one could take the mark. Big pack around the footy at the moment. Hicks racks up her opponent and will get a ball up. Still on the outer side, the railway side of Etihad Stadium. And the crowd is steadily building. Big day of footy. It's ball back underway. Quick kick away by Loins. Will follow up her own kick, but just overran the footy. Pierce flicked the handball across to her teammate. It goes towards the half-forward flank where Brennan just swallows it. 50 out from goal. She pops it inside, attacking 50. Just too hot for McDonald. Duraya flicked it back inboard. Diamond Creek again under all sorts of pressure in defensive 50. Tyndall got the handball across to Rowe. High ball, top of the goal square. Getting back for Diamond Creek. Emma Grant taking the mark. Grant goes for a short kick. Works out okay. Spots up her intended target and Renee Hicks. Hicks with a football in the back pocket. 
Goes back on to play on the mark. Long kick up the line. Oh. Lloyd's fighting for it with Egan, but Egan too tall. Now goes the hand pass to Daisy Pierce, who's waiting for it. Pierce looks to Spirito Day. Knocked out of the hand for the last second there by Downey. In comes Katie Brown. He puts it quickly on the left boot. All by herself. Oh, <laughs> Here's Epony Maradoff directly in front, 30 metres out from goal. Lucy Watkins. <laughs> Too much room for KB again, an easy mark before and ten, just ten touches. And just room to run there. She's dominating it this game early in the second um, second half. Not got, a, got a theory on that matchup which I'll talk about yeah. after this kick. Noffy comes in and nice. gets it. The Darabin Falcons look like they might be putting icing on the cake. They move ahead to 3-3-21. Diamond Creek two behind. Four minutes gone, third term on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The one thing I've noticed, particularly when the ball goes to ground and there's a pack situation is around, is that Brennan will try and run alongside another one of her teammates. And it almost confuses yeah. Harrington that she's like, oh, should I commit to going towards the ball and trying to stop this other Darabin player? When Harrington's focus should solely be, regardless of what the ball does, Yeah. I stay with Brennan and she does not go down to my side. And no. You need to have the mindset of defender of not, I'm not going to let my player get the ball. It yeah. is, I need to get to the ball first. Don't let that not, contest, just focus on She's one not player. trying to get to the ball first. She's following Katie. And that's not what a defender needs to do, especially not yeah. now. Back in the middle, Downey again wins the tap, but it's Daisy Pierce roving the contest. Gets a handball to Marinoff, trying to shovel it back to Daisy Pierce, but then had to wrap up her opponent who intercepted. And we'll get a ball up. Close to the broadcast side of the centre square. Neutral territory for both sides. Downey wins the tap. Loins tries to break free from Daisy Pierce, who trapped her in. Ball bobbling around. And we will get another ball up. On the edge of the centre square, slightly favouring Diamond Creek. Just the two behinds. They came in the first term. We're currently five and a half minutes into the third. Hickey's handball intercepted by Downey who pops it towards the top of the 50. Hetherington gave the handball off to Loins. Goes in board with the kick and the mark will be taken here by Anna Saxton. No, Jessica Kennedy. Kennedy. Jessica Kennedy. Gave the handball immediately up to Kiyoshi. Tried to sell a bit of candy and in the set instead flicked it out wide where the mark is taken by Kirby Hicks. I'll tell you what, she's like, she's done it again. She's lucky that she was there because she mm. tried to take on two players directly in front of her. And you can't call for the ball standing still when you call and for it. You have to be running. you also can't telegraph it like that. I knew what was going on. Anyway. Yeah. Scott Gowans with the Magnets. Tanya Hetherington's gone forward for Diamond Creek. Oh Hicks, Kamoto <laughs> towards the top of the goal square. Came off hands. Getting held there was Birch. Malloy gets crunched by Paxman. And the umpire says a high free kick going the way of Malloy, who's in a little bit of strife on the deck. Oh, oh she's oh, falling. She, she got caught in the sandwich between Paxman and I think it was it's O'Day who came at it. Hard contest. Yeah. yeah, she was just neat in the middle. Anyway. And I think she might have done a bit of damage to her shoulder. Mm. It looks that way. Which isn't good for the potential number one draft pick of the AFLW. That's also a, a looks like a collarbone style injury, yeah. that one, which either comes from a fall or from a collision like that. Collarbones, you can work through shoulders, you certainly can't work through no. collarbones, so that's good. She's going to take the kick by the looks of things. She just smashed out her mouth guard. Yeah, it's disgusting. Clock still, <laughs> still running here at Etihad Stadium, no time on. She needs to kick. Honestly, she needs to hurry up and kick it. Seven and a half minutes gone. 
in the third term. Diamond Creek badly need a goal. She's in pain. They trail by 19 points. Chloe Malloy plays on. Snap at goal. Chloe Malloy's kicked it, but she's still in pain. Chloe Malloy in a bit of trouble gets Diamond Creek's first. Approaching the eight-minute mark of the third turn here at Etihad Stadium. One, two, eight plays, three, three, twenty-one. Here on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, Lucy Watkins. It was just a very hard contest because she got smashed into the hip of the player to her right from um, as Ashman. She was, as she was falling. As she was falling as well, so... Just that does look yeah. like collarbone, yeah. unfortunately. Completely yeah. exposed yeah. there. And you can't play with collarbones. No. Yeah. Just, it's just not possible. She's in pain, but they've got Gretchen to come back on. You can see Gretchen's itching to get back on the ground. She knows there's a snip of momentum if they can capitalise. Yeah, exactly. And this is something that should lift Diamond Creek. One of your best players has come down with a collarbone, but taking that shot on goal and kicked it, do what, it for Malloy. One of your youngest players, exactly. too. Exactly. Not is... being protected. Again, you got sandwiched between two narrow. Where was the senior players protecting their, their young star? This is the stupidity of the moment. We play a game where there's 20 minutes of no time on, and the umpire's having to wait for Channel 7. If a side, I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but if a side gets crossed the grand final by a few seconds because of this... Well, we've already seen it happen once, Pete, uh, when it was called early, and I almost broke my finger, slamming the desk. (laughs) Seven's just wasted about 20 seconds there. I know they're giving great promotion to the game, but don't cross the team a grand final. Well, it's the game, it's not about Thomas is it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The kick going forward, now puts it out towards Red O2. Kennedy put on the right boot, her kick though let her down. She needed to keep it flat to hit Riddle, and Hogan just read it best white. This is where they'll go to Paxman and try and stretch it. Paxman now takes the kick, Daisy Pierce has got space. Abitangelo is the play on the mark, Kiyochi now going after Daisy Pierce. Pierce takes the mark now, going to be looking for Tyndall. Tyndall almost got cut off by Downey. Tyndall's now got space because Downey overcommitted. Now comes back in ball for the kick, looking for Brennan. Punch from behind by Harrington. Ball hit the ground. Kirby Hicks went in there, tried to strip Emma Oliver at the football. Stacks on the mill right in the centre. Hailing cabs. In goes Barton. In goes Lamb. In goes O'Day as well. Grant watches on. Umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Let's get some... Um, News down on the boundary line. They'll be watching Malloy in Nee Felton and Katie Lambeski. Yeah, it's not good at all. A teary-eyed uh, Chloe Malloy going straight down the tunnel, hunched over the moment she crossed uh, the boundary line. Um, it looks like her day is done. She's gone straight down the tunnel. It's certainly not looking good. Up. What effect will that have on the draft as well? That is a key question. As the ball is thrown up in the air, Downey wins the tap down. Going up is Daisy Pierce being held there by Barton. Umpire said no. In goes Kiyotchi over the top. Wraps up the player. The umpire's got a pin out! <laughs> Holding the ball! So, Stephanie Kiyotchi has the ball on the wing position. Can they make anything out of this momentum? Hetherington making a butt-gusting lead. Goes in her direction. Takes a mark. Now, we know Hetherington's a big kick. Kennedy on short if she needs her. Abitangelo now making a lead. Hetherington unloads towards the hot spot. Dowdy caught in the middle of the sandwich. Ball hit the ground. Going out towards her is Cullinan. She could be there first. Birch jumps in as well. In goes by the look of it. Bizarre. The umpire blows the whistle. We'll have a ball up. Creekers with a sniff of momentum. 35 metres out from goal. Got to do something with it the 11-minute mark of the third term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. O'Connor wins the tap down. Daisy Pierce can't collect it. Picked up here by Barton, oh, who's caught by Reynolds and dropped the ball. 
See, how about that second effort from Pierce? What a mm. wonderful player. Daisy Pierce goes wide with the kick. Birch takes the mark, plays on immediately, handballs it over the top to Tyndall, has Hetherington bearing down, but gets the kick away in time. Simpson takes the yeah. mark. The quick transition here for the Falcons. They've left Meg McDonald open. She takes an uncontested mark, slight angle, 30 metres out. They got caught napping the creakers, Lucy Watson. That was their moment right there, do something, win some momentum back. There was a bit of change in the air then after Chloe Moy went off for Diamond Creek, but if Darabin kicked this, it'd be very, very hard for them to get it back. To put the nail in the coffin. Oh, he's called it. McDonald <laughs> comes in. Right foot kick on its way. Yuck, that is Not disgusting. Yet. And the coffin is left ajar. Oh, that's Minus pretty. score. Yeah, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. I, I, think the creek, I think the creek is right <laughs> high support and someone's done take the power point. That's so that's, nice thank one. you for recovering that, <laughs> As we wait for the ball to come in from fullback from Jeray. It's a long high kick. Egan does the spoiling work. Ball hit the ground. Rosali tries to be huge. Trying to get a kick away. Got ripped off the ball. Daisy Pierce immediately harassed by Audley. In goes Marinoff as well. She's stripped of the football. Audley lays another tackle. Daisy Pierce goes in one more time. Immediately caught but got it across to Reynolds. Reynolds on the right side of the boot over the head of O'Day. Mark taken there in the back pocket for the Creekers by Laura Jaray. Laura Jaray, the K-captain of the Irish Banshees. Melbourne football, but is sixth in their best and fairest. Went long up the line. Hickey was oh, there, knocked the away by uh, Grinch, who tried to move it forward. Mark taken there by Lauren Pierce. Pierce draws the player, then gets the hand past to Paxman, who had to corral and get around Kennedy. Got it to Mel Hickey, who sold to Kennedy. And they got caught by Kennedy. Four 60. Umpire says no. Kiyochi going down the middle. Nothing on inside 50. There's the kick. It's just a foot race. Grinch chasing after the football. Also going back there is Birch. Oh, Birch can't control it. Grinch holds her up. Does well. Kennedy gets involved. 25 metres out from goal. Umpire calls the ball up. Got to hold it, Chachi. And then Adam Tanzali gets pushed off the pack, and we'll call for a ball up now. It's no thought going forward. Forward 50 for Diamond Creek. They need a goal in this passage of play. Falcons have two options here. Paxman sockers it along the carpet. Brazali chasing after it, didn't commit to the contest, left the door open for Oliver, who got claimed. The umpire calls play on. Tackle now applied by Barden. Ball is wrapped up. <laughs> it's holding the ball. Yeah, that's fair enough. Free kick to go the way of Diamond Creek. And it will be Shay Audley to take it. No, it will be Barden Brazali to take it. I'll get it right eventually. Brazali to take it. Attacking side of the broadcast wing. Goes inside attacking 50 with the kick. Ball off hands. O'Connor. Wax it on the boot in hope. Diamond Creek are underneath it. Do they take the mark? They can't. Moorcroft there in support. Got the handball away in time. Audley's wrapped up. Delpos hovering. Can't extract it. Tackle laid on by Emma Oliver for the Falcons. We'll get a ball up. Half forward flank broadcast side for Diamond Creek. They're 1-2-8. Darabin 3-4-22. We've got about five minutes left on the clock in the third term. Here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, Audley got caught, umpire said no. (laughs) Then they're trying to too high, no to tears. Umpire's thrown away the whistle. Paxman over the top will call for a ball up on stats, Christy Williams. Honestly, they've treated Daisy Daisy pretty badly, these umpires. She's Mm. missed three or four really genuine free kicks. 
As in goes Pierce again. That's a throw, but they'll definitely throw the whistle away from that one. That's fair enough. Going in is Marinoff. Immediately wraps up her opponent. Reynolds over the top. And we'll call for another ball up. Under five minutes remaining in the third term. Darabin 3-4-22. Diamond Creek 1-2-8. You've got a feeling if the Creekers can pitch one before three-quarter time, they're breathing. As the ball is on the bottom of the ground. Now going in there is Delpos. Can't get it out. Audley there as well. She can't extract it. Umpire calls for another ball up. On special comments, Lucy Watkin. Just received a message from Neve. Felton part of our team. She's just said Egan has come off and is getting work done on her wrist. Oh. So that could be a bit of a blow to Darabin's um, ruck efforts. Darabin Wackett towards centre wing broadcast sign. McDonald with Jiraya oh. on her hammer. Oh, playing to Daisy Pierce. Puts it into space for Katie Brennan who takes it on the half volley. 50 out from goal. Centering ball for Katie Brennan. Kiyochi underneath it was stolen out of her hands by Arnell, but it was well after Kiyochi had claimed it. So Steph Kiyochi, the co-captain of the Diamond Creek side, goes short. Still inside defensive 50 for Diamond Creek. Kick on its boot wide from Brazali, hits up Emma Grant. Half-back flank, she sends the ball in board to Kirby Hicks. Centre half back for Diamond Creek. She whacks it on the bird. It's a very risky kick. Falcons sitting underneath it. Reynolds tried to get it to Lister. The handball went astray to the deck. Delpos, Topo kicked into the hands of Daisy Pears who lost control of it. Riddle's all wrapped up. The umpire says, give it to me. I will ball it up. Let's get the latest news from down on the boundary line. Dee Felton and Katie Vambeski. Yeah, better news for the Darwin Falcons with Shannon Egan coming back onto the ground. Responded to treatment pretty well on her wrist. She seems to be very sore in the hands of the trainers, but uh, she be okay now and back out on the ground. Hurry kick by the Falcons inside 50. Kirby Hicks under all kinds of pressure. Went with the hand pass over the top. And Tarangelo got caught. Going in there is uh, Grant. He got the hand pass back over the top to Kirby Hicks. It went for a run. Then on the left boot, went up the line, looking for Abitangelo. Got knocked away from her. Went back, got the football back again. Now across to Williams. Williams with a hurry kick into the middle of the ground. Foot race is going to be on here. Everything going after the football as well. Circling is Cullen, who was caught by Kennedy. We did well to get there. Kennedy holding up amongst the flock of Falcons. But the ball's got <laughs> out there. Oh, Cullen got the uh, favourable bounce. Then went towards the half forward. Oh, the not argue. Then goes in Pierce. She tries to get the football. She's immediately claimed in between centre and centre half forward. Umpire circling blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. It's getting fierce. I think it was Aliso Day. She was I the don't one think I've ever seen Junior do that. It was the one hand, no soup for you. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever seen her do that. I like it. Ball up, 18 gone, third term here on RSN Carnival. O'Day chasing after the footy, whacks it on the boot inside, attacking 50, Arnell in prime position, couldn't bring it in, the quick kick away for the Falcons, turned over, Jurea just got one away, hoping for space, Daisy oh. Pierce, Daisy Pierce, kicks the goal, and I think that'll do it. Coffin there, yeah. 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 To yet another grand final victory. I mean, oh, it's wonderful from Pierce, but that is yeah. terrible defensive work. You yeah. don't kick it back up the guts unless you're 
kicking it with authority. Mm. She just whacked it off the boot. Yeah. You've got to kick it to the wing. I mean, that's just basic. To the wings of the basket. Basic, basic, basic football. And uh, I think Stacey Pierce getting mm. a big club off the ground. She comes off for a rest right now with a minute to go. That's 21 touches for her uh, today, Pete, with the still quarter to go. Diamond Creek need a miracle, and they need a goal before three-quarter time to give any type of hope. As the one is, that is one by Downey. In goes back to an umpire's pulled out a free kick. Is if they're sniff. As the ball's now with Downey, she immediately goes with a long kick. Hetherington, oh, the ball just fell short of her. Now went back and got it again. Beat out by Hickey. Now the hurry kick around the corner. Kennedy diving mark takes it. Kennedy's too far out to score, though. Abitanjo on the pocket. 30 seconds to go. She should be looking for a pass. Now it's a size to swing on the boot towards the top of the goal square. Came off hands. Hurry kick out by Williams. Oh, it's a shocker. Abitanjo! Oh! oh, my. Oh, my. Abitanjo out of mid-air. Right boot. Snap goal. We tried to nail the stop and shut zombie attack. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, if you ever wanted a goal like that in a moment like that, the doctor just ordered it and delivered. Wowee. Darabin, clearly Christy Williams' favourites to take out the grand final, but Diamond Creek have just given themselves just a little bit of hope. No, I won't be happy, uh, Pete, but... uh... They certainly need it. They certainly need it. Um, but Darabin will respond to that. I, I can't see them losing it from here, but what we can see, what we discussed earlier, Diamond Creek needing to stay control of the ball. So they've taken 11 marks tonight to Darabin in that, in that quarter. So they had more marks than Darabin. And, and look, what, look what we saw on the scoreboard for them. So Katie getting the latest inside goss as well from the trainer so immediately go down to the uh, boundary line with Nate Felton and Katie Lambeski. Uh, Katie, what's the latest there? Um, it looks to be good news for, for Diamond Creek. They're going to assess Poe Malloy. It's an AC joint. Um, so she's gone back down into the... She's come back out now. Uh, she wants to come back on but they're going to continue to assess her and uh, see, if it's, see if it's worth the risk of throwing her back on. Thank you very much, Katie Lambeski and Neve Felton. With impressions there on the third term, Lucy Watkins. Darabin definitely taking control, but I think Diamond Creek wrestled a little bit back into that game, but I think Christy said it. I don't think Darabin can lose it can lose it from here, but I think Diamond Creek need to gain, maintain that... Con- Diamond Creek need to get that control back that they showed with those marks um, around the field, but a bit more crisp decision-making will definitely will go a long way this quarter. And just, again, some of those key stats, Christy, before we hit the half-time break, uh, the three-quarter time break, rather. Yeah, Daisy Pierce with 21 touches and probably 18 of them pure quality. Yeah. And, and leading the way and providing second efforts, which the opposing leadership for Diamond Creek isn't showing. Um, and a bit stiff not to receive several free kicks too, Daisy. So she's just the dominant player on the ground, both offensively and defensively. She's just running harder. And you, you saw her gassed when she came off, but you can't tell when she's on the field. And Diamond Creek just continually look like they're not... No, either fit enough or they're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Goal kick is a three-quarter time, Matthew Cox. For Diamond Creek, Abitangelo with that beauty on the three-quarter time siren. Chloe Malloy with the other one after she copped that uh, AC shoulder injury. And for the Darabin Falcons, Daisy Pierce, Megan McDonald, Katie Brennan and Ebony Marinoff. All single goal kickers. Sees the score at three-quarter time. 4-4-28, the Falcons leading Diamond Creek. 2-2-14. We'll be back right after this on RSN Carnival. 
You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world, and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at RSN. Tommy, step up with the new Scoss Foreman selections. The team previews Melbourne and Sydney, opens up the turf tape and the Tinder files, goes around the grounds, and sets up the tab multi of the week. Hold all tickets. Get the fresh podcast on Thursday afternoons at iTunes or at rsn.net.au or catch it on RSN's digital radio channel Carnival at 4.30pm Fridays. Children drown in portable pools every year in Australia. Others are hospitalised because of non-fatal drowning incidents. Young children can easily topple in and drowning is silent and happens quickly. Royal Life Saving and Consumer Affairs Agencies across Australia are reminding people to take important safety steps like active supervision of kids in and around portable pools. The question is, can you make it safe? For more information and simple safety tips, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash make it safe. It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling and having my biggest rival who I'd just beaten right up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years but in the end we both respected each other and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. On RSN Carnival Digital Radio and the RSN Racing and Sport app, the only live radio call of the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final is brought to you by girlsplayfooty.com. We're going to head down to the boundary line to find out what was said by Scott Gowans at three-quarter time with Neve Felton and Katie Lambeski. Uh, uh, they got their headphones on right at the right moment. We'll come back to that in just a moment's time. You had one job. You had one job. Put the headphones on. We'll have that in just a moment's time because they're rushing to get off the ground and get into Sam Lane's video shot as well. We'll go to them when we have a moment in play. As, uh, yeah, they did actually get their mugs on. Uh, I was watching Channel 7 behind us. They did actually get their... Uh, well, their rear end is actually not their ugly mugs. Uh, so, fortunately for them. Okay, quickly, Neil Felton and uh, Katie Lambeski down on the boundary line. What was said at the three-quarter time huddle? Yeah, so <laughs> having a few problems trying to sit down. Um, yeah, Diamond Creek, Steph Giochi, trying still trying to get everybody amped up and ready to go. There's a, they look a bit crestfallen, but I think I think they've still got a lot to give. Thank you very much, Nate Felton. To get us underway for the final quarter, here's Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. The umpire just making sure everyone is in position. 20 minutes of Swiss wellness VFL women's football remaining in 2017. Been a big year of women's football. Do we have a siren? The umpire's and now the siren guy has one job and he's not there with it. Here we go. Final term of the 2017 Grand Final is underway. Egan wins the tap down for the Falcons. Kiochi goes in after it. She's caught by Lister. The umpire circling says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Still inside the centre circle here at Etihad Stadium. Duray into the, into the ruck. 4-4-28 plays 2-2-14. And she slaps it down. Did Duraya. Hogan, though, cut it off. Got it to Egan. Looked in the Delpos direction, went past her. O'Day now with an opportunity at centre half forward. High up and under kick in the Katie Brennan direction. She takes the mark. Gives a bit of a push to Kirby Hicks on the way up. I wouldn't be giving any lip to the closest to the best player on the ground. No. <laughs> with the score flip like this. 
Katie Brennan lining up for goal number two. Well, at the edge of her age, but uh, massive goal. Using up the clock wisely as well. Slight angle. Hicks will be on the mark at about 45 metres out. Brennan comes in. Right foot kick on its way is offline. Just a little bit too far out for her. By the looks of it, but again, Nakers of space. 4-5-29 plays 2-2-14. The Falcons up a minute and a half into the final term here on RSN Carnival. Lauren Moorcroft coming in from full back with the kick. Decides oh, to go oh. with an absolutely ordinary kick that picked I mean, out Paxton. But once again, defending 101, she just telegraphed where she was going to kick it. You've yeah. got to try and fox your position, pretend you're thinking about kicking the other way. It's just... just, just not my not my first choice for kicking out either. If in doubt, kick yourself, go for a bit of a run and yeah. Well, she probably can't. That's right. She's just probably not the right choice for it, is she? As in comes Paxman. Oh, an absolute shank of a kick. That's the worst kick of ever. Yeah, I was about to say. Under pressure on TV as well. Thank you. As Saxton now goes short, to Hetherington has now gone to defence. So Hetherington goes for a run. Kicks it long up the line. Loins falls her teammate in Jeray. Hit the deck. Audley in there. Hurried hand pass out. Cullinan. Audley fights in hard again. Can't get it out. Married off over the top to angry customers. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for another ball up. We'll have that 55 metres out from the Darabin goal. They lead by 15 points. Two and a half minutes into the final term here at Etihad Stadium. Ball on the outer side. On the half forward <laughs> flank as Brazali wraps up Daisy Pierce, I think that is. No, that's Callanan getting up off the bottom of the pack. Ball up half forward flank out of side. And a free kick yep. will go the way of Egan for the Falcons for a block in the ruck. There was oh, a shove in the back to the hitch. <laughs> uh, umpire said nothing doing. Up and under kick. <laughs> Ball in dispute. Kiyochi claimed her opponent. Handball comes out wide to Kennedy. Went further afield to Williams. Eyeball towards the centre wing. Two on one in favour of the Falcons. Downey worked hard. Hogan goes to ground. Lauren Pierce can't take it cleanly. Delpos arrives for support. Went back to Birch. Gets boot to ball in time. But it's straight down the throat of Diamond Creek on half back. And taking the mark is Anna Saxton. Saxton with the football. Gets the call to play on, dangerously inboard. Taking the mark there is Harrington, has Emma Grant on, goes for her, Brennan after Grant, Grant takes the mark, hits on further afield if she wants to go in that direction, pumped it long in the uh, Brazali direction, takes the mark. Ron Brazali now goes further afield with the kick, had to be good and was. Finding loins. Lloyd's just circling the wagon saying, come on, someone give me a lead. And goes long in the Barton direction versus uh, Paxman. Barton bumped off well. Got pulled at the crucial moment. Kick trying to get it towards Abitangelo. Holds up her opponent there in Birch. Ball's still alive. Harrington bust off of it. Going in there is Barton still busting a gut. And the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. And special comments, Lucy Watkin. Diamond Creek doing well, but I think... Darwin, just Katie Brennan putting too much space in the forward line. I think she obviously did an obvious push back there, but um, I think they need to rope her in, but Diamond Creek moving it a little bit better, though. Downey and Egan go at it. Downey got a hand to it. Hogan 
Handball to Leicester, caught by Loins, spun around, she's still holding the footy, the umpire calls play on. Loins again applies a great tackle to hold things up. Now the umpire says I'm coming in to sort things out. I'd love to look back at the tape and have a look at some of the players on both sides. They've been spun around 360 today yeah. and there's been no call. No, it hasn't been the greatest umpire display today. Downey won the tap down to Lamb, who's caught, and the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Still inside attacking 50 for Diamond Creek, but they've got all the work to do. They trail 2-2-14, Darwin 4-5-29, 5 gone in the final term. Ball spills free of the contest, Hogan under pressure, tried to hold up Graham in the process. They get brought to the ground, the umpire says a high... And a free kick. But that, questionable, but that's what happens when you go and get your own ball. Yeah. That you, the umpires do reward the, the person hunting it, which Snuffy was. Marinoff looks around and then decides to pump it long in the uh, direction of Lister, but outmarked by Chotty. What are you doing? Oh, and pass away back to Kennedy. Oh, over the top to Jeray. Now going up it is Simpson. Now across to Paxman. Now going for McDonald. Oh, Trying to get scored by more properly. Donald holds it up. Now the hand pass. Away to Elise O'Day. Pumps it long. Foot race. Kirby Hicks chasing after the football. And let me say this for a fact. They lost 100 metres there, Diamond Creature, to Stephanie Kiochi's selfishness. Yeah. Absolute stupidity. As now Lister kicks it long. And the mark taken there by Williams. Williams now takes the mark, goes long, out towards the halfback flank on the outer side, getting away there is Brazali. Brazali now going long towards the middle oh, of the ground. Over there to O'Connor, Downey manages to bend down, pick it up, and the Tejolo by himself in the goal square, kicks the goal! Somehow, so close. after messing that up and nearly getting hurt the other way, Diamond Creek a minute later score a goal, Lucy Watkins. Diamond Creek, that was, as Pete just said very angrily, that was Steph Chiachi's stupidity that definitely almost lost them that chance. And with the with the space that Darwin had in their forward forward 50 then as well, definitely could have gone just as bad. But they'll not get it back on the other end. And interestingly, Chloe Malloy is back up at full forward, but her right um, arm is hanging very gingerly. So she could still be in the world of pain, but if that was, that's what it takes to win. Down to ground level for an update further on that. Katie Lambeski. Yeah, miraculous recovery made by Chloe Malloy. She's back out on the field. She's lining up a full forward. Obviously sensing an opportunity here with nine points of difference and all left to play for in this quarter. Astro Connors now being thrown in the ruck. She wants it. Daisy Pierce goes up the football. Immediately caught by Brazali. Going in there, get a hurry, kick away. Moves it forward. Trying to get onto it this they got harassed out of it. In goes Moy, vicious tackle. Holds play up. Kennedy watching on. Umpire circling. Umpire blows the whistle now and calls for the ball up. Nine points the difference. Twelve minutes remaining in the grand final. Can Diamond Creek pull something out of nothing? As O'Connor slaps it forward. Delpos goes afterwards. Harassed off the football. Held up by Grant, but Delpos got a little toe poker in there. Going in there is Brazali. Arnell watches on. We'll by the whistle call for another ball up. On stats, Christy Williams. Can you put in standing forward clear? If you're, if you're on someone, you're on them. You're touching mm-hmm. them. She's only now just got a touch. About five minutes. Ball on the deck. Marinoff. Tries to hold things up. Ball spills free out of the contest. Callanan hovering. Marinoff goes back in trying to extract it. The umpire says we're going nowhere and I will ball it up. 
Just forward of the centre circle for Darren and they lead by nine points, eight and a half minutes into the final term. O'Connor wins the tap down to Daisy Pierce under pressure, got a hurried kick away from the contest. Bouncing ball taken here by Abitangelo. She's been impressive in the second half for Diamond Creek. Out wide looking for Duraya. Cut off by Karen Paxman. Goes towards the top of the 50 where Simpson takes the mark. Paxman's in the forward pocket, being ignored by Simpson. Chips it sh- oh. shorter. Hetherington came in, swatted it to the deck. Paxman oh. got one high. Hetherington a little loose over the shoulder, and Paxman has the free kick. 50 out from goal, broadcast side, kicking to the commentary end of Eddie Hatt Stadium. She puts it on. No, she's She had two on her, but no one was anywhere near it. I'm interested to see how how high Karen Paxman gets in the voting because of her gut running today. Yeah. That example, to get rid of the ball, bust the gut into the yeah. forward line, then work hard to get it, and no one went near her. No, no one. And, that's the dif- and she drew the free, that's the hunting the footy once again. And then the smart used the ball to grab. Yeah. That's the difference between the two sides this afternoon. Oh, no, Brennan oh, comes that's in. Right foot kick. Right oh, foot that kick. Is <laughs> once again, if you want to teach someone how to kick for goal, you can just no worries about check sides or anything like that. Just kick a drop putt in between the sticks. And yeah. that is as good of any gender goal kicking that you can, you can see. Yeah. Katie Brennan out. Well, Katie Brennan, sorry, has kicked two goals this afternoon. Darwin back out to a 15-point lead, ten and a half minutes into the final term here on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. And the crowd chanting Darwin, Darwin on the boundary line because they sniff blood in the water. It's amazing, isn't it? Darwin was so close to being knocked out of this final series when they yeah. tried by a goal to the Sharks last week. And right now the Sharks must be just gritting their teeth going, mm. we would have done go good today. We yeah. would have done good. But anyway... Well, they can't have got worse. In goes Daisy <laughs> Pierce. Pierce now gets a hurry kick looking in the direction of Arnell. Just went over her head. Duray oh. comes out the meter. Oh. Arnell bounces off of her. Kicks it looking in the Brennan direction. Spoiled from behind by Hicks. Going in there. manages to hold on to an opponent. Downey watching on. Brennan jumps in. Wants to extract it. She immediately gets wrapped up. Riddle in there as well for the Creekers. And the umpire now blows the whistle. Eight and a half minutes remaining in the grand final here on RSN Carnival. It's all gone. I can't see the Creekers kicking three goals in eight minutes. It's Mission Impossible time. In goes Hickey. Hand pass over the top. Almost like a throw to Hickey. Yeah, got pinned. There's a reason why she hasn't done that before. <laughs> so, now with Shay Audley to, to Kiyochi. Kiyochi, who goes long with it, over the head there of Malloy, made a contest. Harrington goes for a run, takes a bounce. Harrington's still going. Oh. And the Tangelo, oh, she's going to get drafted, takes a bounce. Chips it over the top. Rich going on to it. It's in the pocket. Can she get there? She does. Hand pass. No, she oh doesn't. Now oh, Tangelo. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my freaking God. What do you say about getting drafted, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> It did all the work and then miss of five metres she's out. Had, she's had ten touches in the second She was gassed though from all that running, but she's... she's done, yeah, ten touches that, in the second If that doesn't sum up Diamond Creek's Creek. grand final, that's it right there. And Darabin now taking time off the clock. To be fair, that one was your fault because you <laughs> gave her a bit of a run. Commentators <laughs> first. Yeah, back pocket. Out of side, Marinoff. Kick turned over. Mark taken on the outer side by Brazali. 
Kicks it inside, attacking 50 where Loins takes the mark directly in front, 40 metres out from goal. Now, the thing is, she can't make the distance no, she can't there. No. The, the, the question is, like, if you're Diamond Creek, maybe get everyone back to the goal square and try and leave well, where's 50 Laura, metres Where's through. Um, Laura Duray can kick that far? Where is she getting around her? She, she, yeah, I know. Duray's like five metres away from her. She should be next, exactly. Receive the hand pass, go along. She's backing herself in, though. Loins comes in. Kick on its way from 45 metres out. Oh! It's there! It's there! Oh. Katie Lawrence! So she can kick that play. As she kicks the goal, there's a player down on the goal line for the Falcons. Oh. Egan. Or is it uh, professional, uh, professional uh, down or actually down? L- lower league. Egan. She's in a bit of pain. 4-3-27 plays 5-5-35. A ruck down. And O'Connor can't get on the ground. Six and a half. Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. Oh, like Pierce has got uh, there. Otherwise, I'm going to say if there was ever an opportunity that just uh, opened up. Six and a half minutes remaining. It's 5-5-35 Darwin. Diamond Creek 4-3-27 here on RSN Carnival. Is there time left for Diamond Creek? And what the hell is the umpire waiting for? The clock is ticking. They're waiting for Channel 7. This is ridiculous. This is bloody ridiculous. As the umpire throws the football up in the air, away we go again. Downey wins it out. Pierce receives the football. Air pass over the top. Slippery fingers there from Hickey. Couldn't hang on to it. Giocchi got it out there. Grant got mown down by Oliver. Hand pass out. Jure's got to try and shovel the few. Hand pass over the top. Downey's got it through the middle of the ground. Got a kick away before being caught there by uh, Maradoff. Getting there is Lauren Pierce. Going with Riddell. Riddell tries to get in there. So does Harrington. Pops out. Brazali goes after it. Picks it up. Jokachi got to get a kick away. Holding the football. Guess who? Karen Paxman. And Lauren Pierce won't get a start for that. Well, she'll get a one percent of it. She's covered a good fifty metres. Later, Shepherd chased the ball. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful second up work for her. Arnell chips it short to Hickey. Goes straight up the corridor to Brennan in space. Middle of Eddie Hat Stadium. Darabin five five thirty five. Diamond Creek four three twenty seven. Approaching the 15-minute mark of the final term, the kick inside 50, cut off by Steph Kiyochi, who it's wants to play on immediately. Got it to Hetherington, received the one-two, did Kiyochi, goes wide with the kick to Bazali, half-back flank, railway side, the kick, ordinary, Daisy Pierce keeps it in front of herself, receives the handball, sends it back inside, attacking 50, where the mark is taken by the skipper, Aliso Day, 45-degree angle. 45 metres out from goal. 25 touches now for uh, Daisy. Keep your eye on Brennan. Well, someone better keep an eye on Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> Defence O'Day <laughs> going to pop it up in the McDonald direction. She's got two to beat. Has done okay. Williams traps it in. Might have got a shove in the back. She does. And a free kick will go the way of Williams. Inside defensive 54 minutes left on the clock in the final turn. Silly kick. Lucky. Malloy off half back. Scoops it up. Kicks it long, but to no one in particular. Bouncing ball. Lauren Pierce off half back. Flick the handball over the top. Callanan didn't receive it. Gretsch has a player out wide. Put the handball into her advantage. That was Harrington. Went back to Gretsch. Gretsch. Oh, and a minor score. 
It's and again, Laura and Pierce won't get a stat for that, but she was running back towards goal as a goalkeeper and what wonder, wonderful work, right? Quick reminder at seven points the difference. There's actually no extra time. It's golden point after 20 minutes Ooh, of scores of time. So that's the rule that the VFL announced during the week. Here's the kick out from fullback. Need an intercept. Daisy Pierce slipped through her fingers there. Wardley waiting out the back to Danny who tried to kick it instead of receiving it. In goes Pierce, wraps the football up. Umpire circling, blows the whistle. Three minutes remaining in the grand final. You're almost thinking maybe the Creepers do need the seven-point play. Maybe that might be the wiser option. Because we saw poor old Seaford in that occasion where they were seven points down, kicked the goal, but the clock expired as it went back to the middle. Trying to get a hurry kick away out of the pack there was Renee Hicks. Knocked away from her. Lister goes after football. Head straight for the boundary line. Deliberate? No. Beautiful. Beautiful deliberate work by... Uh, it's a beautiful deliberate work. Deliberate. Yeah, but notice that I didn't call it, so it wasn't. Oh, thank you very much. As we wait for the ball to come back in the play, someone's going to Two and a half minutes <laughs> remaining in the grand final. Can the, the Creekers pull something out of the fire? Lloyds has the football. Kicks it round the corner. Needs a mark inside 50. Lauren Pierce sees it over the boundary line and out of bounds. Malloy gets a bump on the shoulder there from Birch. They all go after Birch as we speak. Bit of push and a shove. Two minutes remaining. I'm running out for Diamond Creek. They haven't been very physical with mine. No, it's not very nice. But Everyone they need, need to make the a They trail by seven points. Two minutes left on the clock. O'Connor went up oh, unopposed down the throat of Daisy Pierce, who kicks it out of defensive 50 into space centre wing. Arnell chasing after it. Boundary line will no, be that's there. deliberate. No. That's deliberate. No, 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 Pete. No, no, no. Sit down in your chair. <laughs> no, nothing to go to. You the boundary line. Never seen that. We've seen longer ones. Pete, Never seen that. Again, uh, Lauren Pierce, very good deliberate work from her. <laughs> Minute and a half remaining. Creekers really need a seven-point play here. As the ball is thrown back in. O'Connor one oh. down. Rush up, straight away by Chiotti. It's Pierce. Umpire's calling play on. And we'll call for the whistle. Minute 20 remaining. Oh, if the Creekers are to keep alive in the grand final, they have to tie it rather than try to win it because the clock would inspire on them. Going up there is Downey. Missed out of it. Kiyochi went through. Stacks in the middle. Barton goes in there as well. Umpire circling. Blows the whistle. One minute remaining in the grand final. Think. And uh, Dar- the Darabin, uh, sorry, the Diamond Creek run, telling him to, to spread out, not be seagulls on a chip. As the ball, Hogan tried to shovel it out. Audley wraps up her opponent. We'll get a ball up. I think that's enough for Darabin. Yep. And you'll see the senior heads around the ball. You can see O'Connor, Hickey, Junior, Arnell all imploring each other to bring it in. Once again, the experience standing tall for Darabin in the dying stages of the grand final. Hogan was over the line before she got the kick away. Yeah. More good deliberate work from Arnell. <laughs> Experience. Yes, yes. Experience pays off for Darabin. Probably one of the most uh, experienced out there, actually. We thought that might be the problem. They've had so many players playing representative football. That was from Dalpol. Skets it towards half forward. Hicks ran past it. Opens the door for Brennan. Got it to Arnell. Space inside attacking 50 for McDonald. Punched out of her hands by Moorcroft. McDonald, McDonald followed it up. Moorcroft. Kicks it wide, Delpos running after it, siren sounds. The chapter closes on 2017 with another grand final victory to the Darwin Falcons. They defeat Diamond Creek 5-5-35 to 4-4-28.
What a game of women's football. What a way to finish off what has been a monumental year in football in 2017. Lucy Watkin. Great way to finish the season. And I think Durban bounced back really, really well. As I said, struggled through their first two finals games. But I think, really, if anyone was going to pull it together for a grand final, it was always going to be Darabin and Diamond Creek. Those early nerves, I think, is really what lost it in the end. Just, they nerves. <laughs> and just the whole way through it. Just a bit sloppy as well. And just quickly for uh, Katie Lambeski and Neve when you're down the boundary line, see how you go grabbing anyone. You might yeah, have to... Just don't ask Laura about you, you, yeah. you might have to wait till they come across in front of the crowd on the wing position so you get the good reception there. But... Uh, Make sure that uh, you grab them at, uh, and just jump in whenever you can. Let's quickly get some stats, though, from full-time and how things went. Christy Williams, how do those full-time stats look like? Just a brief overview. Yeah, well, Daisy Pearce, obviously the dominant possession getter. Karen Paxman probably may have may have rivaled her, not quite, but Daisy Pearce finishing with uh, 26, and as we said, uh, only, uh, I think, caught a couple of times and 25 really... Uh, genuinely good disposals and a fantastic game for the skipper who as we mentioned runs two ways uh, beautifully laid a number of really good tackles applying good pressure and you saw at the end there um, somehow she was unmarked um, when, it, when it mattered most um, and Astro Connor or Pierce whoever it was tapped it down to her and that it was still precarious at, at, at that point and it was Daisy Pierce who, who stood there I also think uh, KB was fantastic with 16 touches probably had 10 marks um, fantastic probably I would say the most influential not necessarily the best player but certainly the most influential in, in that result because if you ca- take KB out of this game you, you can you can mount a case for swinging it towards Diamond, Diamond Creek's way and horrid defending on her but mm. I t- want to take nothing away from Katie who's such a hard worker yeah. just just typifies everything women's footy's about everything that's good about women's footy is uh, Katie Brennan is and fantastic go from her but it's it's the marks again that Darabin uh, took double the marks what, and uh, just controlled every facet well just to quick my test Neve and Katie uh, are you able to hear us and speak to us communicate from where you are Mic's on, see if that works. <laughs> can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you from there, Sam. Yeah. If you have any players in that vicinity, you should be fine. Well, maybe not Diamond Creek. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, um, Chloe Malloy's got her AC joint all iced up, her shoulder iced up. She's, um, all the Diamond Creek girls are looking um, really shattered, I think. They really did try hard, but um, yeah. I mean, full credit to them. They, they played William Patches, but they couldn't replicate the form that they've been getting um, over the past couple of weeks of finals. And and to be fair, it looked like Darabin were running out of gas in the final quarter, but just, again, Mm. just the use of the football by Diamond Creek. Yeah, no, they were um, coming to the bench, they were getting really puffed out, but um, they're they're full of energy now. (laughs) Um, I just want to point out something you get about KB. I mean, she's a fantastic story, documented, um, but just, a pit, just a, to see her there, uh, Lauren Borkoff came up to her and gave her a really big lingering hug. And that says so much about the type of person, the type of trainer um, in, a, in her work that she does. Just a, says a lot about her and it also says a lot about Lauren Warcroft and they're pretty close mates. But just just yeah. wonderful to, to, see and the, to see the crowd get excited well, about... Uh, well, Nate, you've got Katie Brennan nearby. See if you can grab her since she's just running by. Just jump straight on in. The way you do these boundary interviews, you just shove a microphone <laughs> under the nose. And you get them talking. She's used to it, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, an absolute media superstar. Uh, how many did Katie pick today on our score count? Oh, we two, got her. Two. We've got Katie Brennan with us. So, Thanks, we've got you. Sven for the big dogs. How do you feel?
Yeah, I'm pretty um, exhausted after that. It was a good win by the girls, really hard fought against a, a really quality opposition. So um, we're stoked. We love this club and, um, yeah, it's great to, to get another flag under the belt. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what do you think was, like, um, the big difference between your semi-final against Dymo versus tonight? Oh, I guess we just um, were quite flat on the day um, and you always come away from a loss like that with a lot of fire in the belly. So the girls really brought it. We studied our structures. Um, we focused on us as well, just playing our brand of footy and just making sure that we made a few tweaks and, um, yeah, it really paid off today. So credit to the girls. Did you? Is this, of all the challenges, all the trials of the last couple of years, is this the most sweetest one of all? Yeah, it is. It's pretty sweet. Um, you know, we've had some injuries at the start of the year, um, a bit of hardship and I think every flag is sweet but this one's um, a whole lot sweeter. Congratulations, go and enjoy it. Katie Brennan there, Matthew Cox. I just noticed that uh, if you take any consolation out of it, Neem and uh, Katie, Arnell tried to get rid of Sam Lane. Um, so, <laughs> oh. There you go, you're not the only ones. <laughs> uh, she's very uh, single-minded and uh, in focus, very focused and uh, yeah, hope she enjoys it at the moment. <laughs> Well, they're going to be doing their presentations in a moment. So what I need you to do, Neve, is uh, just circle near the girls and just have the microphone up and on for us so we can get the announcements once they start talking with the MC. And then maybe afterwards, because they might be doing a lap with a couple, etc., we might so we can get maybe the Karen Paxmans, the Aliso Days and Daisy Pierces, and Anthony yeah, Mariner. And, um, oh, no, you'll never shy away. Did, girls, can you even, I'd be interested to, to ask some of the players about the, the work of Meg McDonald today, because she's... She'll, she'll be an unsung hero, but I thought yeah. she was almost allowed... Katie was almost a difference in the game, but she was the one that allowed Katie to be a difference. So I'd be interested to see... She's obviously well-loved um, by the... I know she runs the social media, always well-loved by the club, but I'd be very interested to see the... Um, and to hear about what they, they think and, of her game today. And I want to know if her old man owns a farm, E-I-E-I-O. Uh-huh. Let's see if we can listen in for the presentation. Maybe you can leave the mic on for us and uh, up close where the cameras are, we should be able to hopefully uh, hear the uh, MC. So Tanya Hedinger and Steph Kiyonchi coming up to um, say their respective uh, words at the moment. And uh, Steph Kiyonchi doing the honours for uh, Diamond Creek and their seven-point loss today. probably not coming through that clearly so um, don't worry about the mic on Neve will be okay we might talk through it here in our commentary box uh, Steph uh, saying obviously they'll be back to have another go again but will they that that's the um, Coxie, that's the uh, crazy question isn't it that we don't know because of how the VFL women's competition will be structured after October once they announce what's happening with the licenses we, I mean, we don't know if the two teams that we're watching will be back again. I think I can guarantee you one thing, Pete. We, even if these clubs do survive, it won't be the same group of uh, 22 that are running around. Best on ground from the Falcons. Number four, Karen Paxman. There you go. So it was picked correctly. We, we, we couldn't reveal the secret now, considering. Um, considering that a number of media personalities were asked to give their 3-2-1s. 
Ebony, Guts, Ebony Stang gets asked me to nominate someone. We nominate Lucy Watkin. Lucy, what were your three two ones? No. My three was luckily Karen Paxman, and two was KB for her influential impact on the game, and then number one went to Daisy Pierce, classy as ever. And uh, so Paxman, Brennan, Pierce, Oliver coming up to collect her medal first. And, uh, yeah, what can we say about Paxman's effort? If you, if you brought out the tape, as, as much as probably it's a little bit of an indictment on the quickest, that hardly anyone went there for most of the day, we can say for Karen Paxman, just the effort, the gut running all yeah. day, and when the contest was there, just to kick another but gear. she also defend, uh, against this team and the way that they attacked Diamond Creek, obviously, to have someone as a stopgap down there. I mean, we saw it like forward as well which he spent predominantly a, a time around the back 50 arc and that against a team like Diamond Creek and massive to not only stop but then propel the attack forward I'll tell you one thing though I wonder when they call the captain at the end if Daisy will almost take a step forward and go oh hang on <laughs> <laughs> I'm not captain anymore I don't, I, don't, I, don't go, I don't go to the podium as uh it is not uh He's a bit like me. He's probably uh, pretty awkward. And doesn't usually say a whole lot, unlike me. I'll be, I'll be interested. Uh, I'll be interested to hear this, uh, hear this speech. Can we run? Can we run a book on that she'll say any more than a dozen words? <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't think so. He's very behind closed doors. He's uh, very bubbly kid, but. Oh, I'm interested to see, to say the least. She lets her DJing do all the talking. That's right. Okay, I think it's uh, in Elise Day. Lauren are now coming up to uh, pick up her middle. And out of the, all the stars, I thought probably Lauren might have been the quietest today for Darabin. Yeah. But, but again, I guess for Darabin, and we saw a number of quiet Diamond Creek, and and that's uh, Meg McDonald. You can see how much they uh, they love her there. That's a wonderful affirmation for her. But Diamond Creek went quiet, but they didn't. You can still influence the game. You can still apply yeah. pressure. And Lauren Arnell, those sneaky little uh, deliberate little things like that, but even though she's quiet on the offensive front, they're, they're continually working for their teammates, which is the, which is the difference, uh, which was well, maybe the difference in the game, I guess. The one thing I was thinking about coming to the ground, and I guess it's more true than ever now for Diamond Creek, is, you know, you win a grand final, it's full of happy memories you lose a grand final and it's forever your nightmare because you're constantly looking back at all the things did wrong going. <laughs> Particularly when you only lose by a small margin, like seven points. You go, oh, if I'd only done this, if I'd only done that. Yeah. And, and, and for me, it was the first quarter that set it up. Usually, yeah. Diamond Creek in the past, when they've come up against Darabin, they've come at them with the pressure and ferocity. That just wasn't there. And as we said throughout the broadcast, it's because they look nervous. Yeah. They just didn't look themselves out on the ground. And Darabin capitalised on that. They got on top early, and the execution... And it starts at the top, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It starts at the leaders. The, and, uh... the execution from the senior players, again, provided guidance for some of those other ones on the fringe, you know, your middle range to, to bottom six players that haven't had the impact over the last couple of weeks. When the leaders stood up, they followed. And you talk... The most important thing in finals, uh, obviously you, can, you need a little bit of luck usually to, to go the whole way, but... The, the tail, bottom six, they always talk about male footy, and I think it's even more important in female footy where there is a bigger gap just yeah. because of the nature of the, of the game, the way it is at the moment. And the bottom six is how you win finals. You may scrape through during the season, but finals, your bottom six. And you can make a case for someone like Jessica Dalpos, who's a wonderful player, being 
almost in that bottom, but she's a fantastic player and she had a great game. But that's, I mean, you could have, if you have a look at the Diamond Creek statue, you might see a couple with one or two touches. The funny thing is, I reckon the Diamond Creek bottom six today, I thought were better than Darabin's bottom six. It's only that the Diamond Creek leaders failed. Yeah. That's what I would say too. I they failed to lead the way. They failed to lead the way and you failed to see those girls yeah, that yeah. really assert themselves in a game just not do that. Is that a bit of overconfidence maybe from Diamond Creek oh, coming in? Probably. Self- selfishness. Yes. Yeah. Whereas everyone on the Darabin side played their role. So, Elise O'Day gets yeah, yeah. her medal as captain. Jane Lane comes in as coach. Let's just hope she leaves the talk to Jane. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wearing a hat, Jane Lane. Didn't recognise her. Now we wait for the... Still had the same jacket, though. <laughs> That's always... Jane Lane to say her words. And... <laughs> Pushing her. Saying, Diamond Creek was outstanding and outstanding year. It's always the words that burn when you're on the other side. It's not about that year, but you don't win, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately. Congratulating Scott Gowans there, Jane. And Scott's had a great year for what he's actually done with Diamond Oh, he's, turned them. he's completely turned them around. AFLW coach when the expansion comes along. Yep. Or at the very least a senior assistant. assistant or well, he's always the assistant at Carlton. Assistant at Carlton, yeah. Uh, he's turned them around, it, honestly. They're a different team. The supporters being given the cheer, and there's a big lot of Darabin supporters that have come here today. In big number. Congratulations. Congratulating now the Darabin side of the coach. Grand final, 5-5-35 to 4-4-28. A late challenge from Diamond Creek, but they couldn't kick straight and they couldn't get it done. Darabin hang on to win their fifth flag in a row, their tenth in 13 attempts, and they equal the Peter Searle era. And it's also, it's done by development, it's not picking players from other clubs or anything like that. This, this is a club that... Uh, <laughs> well, she say she actually chose me. <laughs> yeah, I was good, but um, that's, well, that's what's even more special about this club. I mean, they keep, keep, they just want to play there. I think the other thing that's special too, and Katie Brennan alluded to it when we uh, caught her down on ground level, 
This year was a different one for the Darabin Falcons. They were missing a lot of their stars early on. They, they were being managed. They were losing their home grounds, yeah. which is their spir- very much their home, their spiritual home. They were written off after round four. Quite up. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put my hand up. And, but they've rebounded extraordinary. They finished the season on top of the ladder. They were written off again after the major semi-final. They were written off again last week. And, they're going uh, to sing their song, Dave, so make sure you uh, get as close to that circle as possible. Well, get in it. Just pretend you're part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to sing it. Turn the mics on. Let's hear the uh, Falcon theme song. They're, they're trying to get uh, Karen Paxman by the looks of things. Uh, Here we go. He knows it, guys. The Falcon theme song. Nearby, if you want to ambush her or anyone that you can get your hands on, we're going to try. We're going to try and get the lady from Ebony Ask her what is it about her that gets people to win premierships. I was. <laughs> I can see Katie <laughs> having a. Oh, we've got a. We've got Karen Paxman. We've got Karen you. Paxman here. <laughs> How are you feeling? Best on ground? Oh dear. Bloody, uh, yeah, wrapped. Not <laughs> <laughs> much about the best on ground. That's nice, but yeah, for the win. Yeah, for sure. It's been a slog of the season and um, another hard game, but yeah, bloody, yeah, just wrapped to win, obviously, yeah. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Katie Brennan said that this one's particularly sweet. Is that the same for you? Particularly sweet. I guess coming off the um, back of an AFLW season, it's been a really long year, and um, not just us, for you know, all the other clubs um, in our in, in the VFL, so yeah, I guess, you know, we're pretty weary now. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, we've been playing footy, feels like forever, so it's, uh, it's going to be nice to have a break, but yeah, definitely, um, I feel like this one's quite sweet indeed. <laughs> um, in the lead-up to this, did you feel, you know, despite the loss two weeks ago, leading into this, uh, did you feel like, you know, you had their number if you played their best? Did you feel like, you know, you could have their measure? Um, I guess, yeah, over the last few years we haven't been used to having, um, not having that week off, so a little bit different in the lead-up to this game. But, um, yeah, we just used it to our advantage and worked on a few things um, in, in that week. And, obviously, yeah, today we... we yeah, we used the stuff we worked on at training and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, glad to see, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Mary. Go and enjoy it. Thanks, man. Thank you. Cheers. That's Karen Pax. I see Jane Lang, the coach, standing nearby. See how you go with her. Noppy's got the cup. She's the easiest to spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Centre of attention, Noppy. Had to pee. Yeah. In fact, she, she's, she's looking for it. She's, she's looking, looking for it. For I saw that, Noppy. Katie Dunny. <laughs> mic on. Turn the mic up if you can because I think you got it off. Katie, oh, the mic's off. Katie, the mic's off. Katie, the mic's off. Come on, I guess it's a big decision looking back, at, but, you know, to take out the flag with the Darren Falcons is a dream come true and made every minute. And I guess everything, you know, worth coming over here. So it's been an enjoyable journey and to win another premiership, it's been an unreal year. Uh, how did you... Obviously, coming over here is a big decision 
to make. Um, how have you found the Durham Falcons as a club? Oh, amazing. The culture is um, second to none. And, you know, they talk about their culture so much. And it's not until you, you know, in the, in the sanctum and, you know, inside those four walls. And, you know, they're an amazing bunch of people and, you know, such a talented group. And, you know, I know people say, and it sounds cliche, but they all play their role. And that's why they're such a successful club. And, yeah, it's been an unreal journey. And, yeah, premierships top it off. How good is that? I was going to say, what is it about you that just wins premierships? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've been fortunate enough. This is my sixth in a row, so uh, maybe I've got a little bit of magic touch, but I'm not sure about that. But uh, I guess my willingness to um, go to good clubs is probably, you know, the, the best thing. You know, you can't win premierships without good people or good culture or a team-first mentality. So I've been around, you know, a lot of good clubs, and I've been fortunate enough to, you know, take two premierships home this year. And what, um, what have you learnt at the Falcons that you're going to bring back to Adelaide in the coming AFLW season? Um, just lots. Um, it's been an amazing journey to not only just come over here and play footy, but to learn things um, like the likes of Daisy Pierce and have Katie Brennan and Darcy Versio Mister out there today. But um, just the way they go about their business and their elite standards and things like that. I can take a lot back and, and be an enjoyable time and head back to Adelaide. Uh, very soon, hopefully the boys can win the Premiership on Saturday to make it a really good year. Yeah, I was going to say, Premierships all around. Thanks. Thanks so much. No worries. Now, I just spotted near the fence Shannon Egan, if you want to see if you can grab the Darabin Ruck, right near the fence in front of you, Shannon Egan, because also a reminder that she won the Northern Football League playing for their, essentially, Darabin's reserves, best and fairest, league's best and fairest, playing only seven games in their and, comp. And it's, and it's good, because Lauren Pierce is such a such a great player so it's good to free her up to, yeah. to play that behind mm. the ball which she's very good at so that's a, another important point for for, uh, for her too as well uh, and don't tell me Shannon shied away do you? <laughs> don't tell me Shannon shied away from you yeah I don't know it must be something about me I'm pretty intimidating <laughs> they've seen they've seen my um, incredible defensive work in Buffer <laughs> level and they're just a little bit afraid maybe. I don't you know. Sure say, you sure I say that mate? Oh, I don't, I don't know what's going on anymore. No, Astro O'Connor's walking past. Uh, number 41 Astro O'Connor if you want to grab her. Just grab a random Darabin player. That's a, that's the best but, way to do it. An incredible story for Astro O'Connor too. Her first and, year back at football. once again it allows so those three Need rucks like a tag, those, those, in there. those three rucks in, there. in tandem allow them to, to play the role that they want rather than Having, having to stick them, you know, having to stick them in but certain positions. Before she gets off the ground, otherwise you'll lose her for nah, good. No, she's gone. <laughs> she's gone. Uh, you got a few of the cups. You've worn Hogan there as well. We spoke to Karen Patchman earlier. Before she's gone. She's gone. Um, lose her for good. Melissa, yeah. coming. Vaughan, Hogan, maybe Mel. He, you'll make the... Thank you, Colin. Well, 14, you've just seen the other Karen Patch. He's had a great... She's day. gone. Day. Yeah. He's a... Mel, he said we can grab Mac. She's gone. Well, she's had... We passed Karen Patch. Talk. And you just... With her. She's gone. Walk. Yeah. We go. Grab Mel, keep up. We're now joined by Megan McDonald. Um, congratulations on a great performance. Um, of all the challenges in the last couple of years at Darwin, obviously with all the all the trials. So, uh, is this the sweetest one of all? Oh, certainly. It's only my uh, it's only my second one. Oh. But out of the two, it's pretty sweet. And I know the girls that have been around for all five have noticed how much of a challenge this year's been. Um, the standards have gone up and up and up, and it's been interrupted, and there's all the other stuff that people talk about, so I think it's probably one of, if not the sweetest, for sure. Um, going into it, obviously playing in the middle of the, playing in the second week of the finals. Um, did you, you know, was it kind of different to last year? It's a different challenge, obviously this year. How did you guys prepare for it? I guess. Um, 
I guess we just looked at it as an opportunity to fix what went wrong the first week, which were quite a few things. So um, it's an added, I guess, hurdle to get through. But it obviously, um, I think it's the narrative of, of the year and of the premiership in the end. So happy to do it if it ends up like this. Oh, we just wanted to say that we thought you had a great game and maybe one of the unsung heroes of today. How did that game rate personally? How are you feeling on the field? I was feeling okay. I haven't played forward since round two, so... Um, Couldn't tell. I could have kicked a little strata <laughs> or not shanked it, but other than that, it went all right, I think. No, yeah, it looks great. Anyway, I think you've got to head down to the room soon, so we don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> See ya. No, no worries. No worries. If Alison tells them to clear from the interview, Tyler shove off. As <laughs> Daisy Pierce, I can just spotted to near the 50 metre line. Always the last to get in the room. You might as well Always. walk up to Daisy and grab her while, and walk and talk with her, so don't hold her up. Walk with her, she goes to the room, so therefore it doesn't hold her up. And we go have a quick chat with her. The final scores today, 5-5-35 to 4-4-28. Darabin defeating Diamond Creek by seven points oh, in the Swiss no. Wellness FIFA Wins Grand Final. Do a BT, Roaming BT. You shove the microphone underneath her nose. That's the best way. <laughs> when she's already works. got one. <laughs> yeah, 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 otherwise, no, not a, you can tell no, she's, being, she's being hogged. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. You can t- Oh, hang on, you've got it now. She's near the fence. Grab it while you've got it. We'll let, her, we'll let her have this photo. That's why I'm saying... With a we're future te- falcon. We're teaching the tagging tactics for the future. <laughs> how, you, how you stick with your opponent. Yeah. You don't let her out She's too fast. No, she's still in the middle of the other one, so... No, no, Daisy's taking the shovel. Lucy's taking the shovel. Lucy's really low on the pecking order, I think. <laughs> Lucy's fallen out of the chair as well. That's how shocking it was. Yeah, they got you Take a seat on the boundary there, girls, and we'll chat. And just be careful that your seat's actually there. <laughs> Take a seat on the boundary there, Katie, okay. and we'll uh, do the wrap-up for our post-game show here. Fifteen minutes to go. season, I guess, like that. What's guys? So, so I'm running in Arnold and Pierce in our bad books for shoving the interviews. No, no. They've been great, but they've been obviously busy with their time. 5-5-35, Darabin, 4-4-28. Fifteen minutes remaining on our broadcast. For the season here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. It's a bit sad. It's it all is. come to a close. Uh, what a big year for women's football in general. Yeah. Great way to finish off the year. Obviously, it's a, it was a different season starting a bit later to what it was. But a couple of challenges that uh, came up that then disappeared. And uh, <laughs> the more things change, the more they okay. stay the same. Yeah. Darren and Falcons, another premiership. They got it together at the right time, at the right moment. Pro- probably their first premiership as the underdogs. Mm. Yes, I'd say so. I'd say so. Never, ro- never write a good side off. There, I say yep. when, when, I we, when we spoke and we recorded for the for the Wednesday weekly show, and I tipped Diamond Creek by 18 points. I was confident. To be honest, the confidence was shaken when I heard Barton was out of the side. I mean, um, Bernardi uh, was out of the side. And today there was maybe one or two occasions where you go. I mean, but they use the ball badly, so it may not have got to her in the end. Yeah. But there was one or two times when they were attacking, particularly in the third and fourth quarter, you go, geez, if Bernardi's there, that's just that one extra, that one extra, but we'll never know. The, the other thing for the Creekers is that the pressure meant that bad habits crept in very early in the game, and they didn't go out until they got a bit of belief at the back end of that third turn. What did it mean also not having Ernst in the game? Because Downey had to ruck all day. Danny carried the load with Jareo chipping in during the final quarter. Yeah, that's an interesting and move. And she got I think. found out, Jareo. She didn't do very yeah, well no. when she went to the right. But but then again, that that was another tool for Diamond Creek. And 
I get the sense that maybe they were already slightly tall. I mean, they've, they've got a lot of smalls in there as well that can provide the run, but... If you got Danny there, can you send, though, Downey, when she's resting for Burns, send Downey forward, well, that, which releases Malloy further up the field? But that's what Diamond Creek, those tools don't have, whereas the Durban tools, Asta could quite easily be a full forward. She's mm. a com- wing. competent backman. Lauren Pierce is even better as a backman than a, a ruck, and so they can, you, you don't rely on them, and if one's taken out of the game, it's fine, the other one steps up, so that's probably what they missed, is not so... You know, the, the tall's fine, but you need to be able, uh, in this in this game, in this day and age now with the greater depth, you need to be able to do more than one thing. Not taking anything away from her game. She did amazingly well down here, but maybe, maybe they needed another string to their bow. Uh-huh. I, th- I think the other thing that Scott Gowans could have done halfway through that second term was move the magnets around a bit more than what he did. Yeah. I think Etherington into the forward line what? in the in the third quarter can was a little late. Kate was off the train in the five minutes. Swap it straight away. You don't... I said earlier, you can't believe in people in finals because that can be the one that breaks the game. You can't... doesn't mean... It just You just need to change it. No, There's no ego. There's no, I don't want to hurt. Don't want to not believe it. That's it. That, Cut it. that was the difference. Everyone for Darabin played a role. They didn't look for the, for the selfish handball. They didn't look... For the uh, the highlights package, if you, if you want to do that, again, like Lauren Arnell might not have had yeah. many touches, but you would have seen you a lot of her. The job. And, and at times when Diamond Creek tried to come up the wing, there was always one extra Darren player always, on the wing, always. Because unmarked, because and because and, they're and working hard, not only yeah. harder, but they're all also working smarter. Like you yeah. can see, Chotch try and take the game on. She might be trying hard, but she's not doing it smartly. Mm. So they're both trying harder and doing it better. She got into bad habits again. Oh, it's like, terribly like, yeah. And, and when, when your leader plays like that, what what can you expect the rest of your team to do when well, your leader's playing like that? And that's why I'm not a, I've yeah. never been a huge fan of her, but that's that's exactly why. I hate seeing players that play for them. Dangerfield, you can see the way he's transformed at Geelong. Is he's... Often in Adelaide, it was him trying to break the packs. So it was him trying to kick it forward, and he's absorbed that kind of that Geelong, um, you know, take play a role, go up forward, and that's the that's that's how he's moulded his game. He's got even better mm. because I, he's trying less hard. I, I'd argue that she's done that for the rest of the year, but like the rest of yeah, the yeah, no, absolutely, the we're old, talking about it. Yeah, yep. the, the old habits came back today to haunt them. But that's it, why you train and you train and you train, so that the default is not. Yeah. Bad. Bad. Yeah. And Lucy, we saw in the major semi-final when she had a pretty good game, is that when she she found space and she ran the lines, she ran the lines, the tram lines, virtually at the sides of the centre yep. square, mm-hmm. and just ran those lines carrying the ball. Yeah. Didn't get caught in a pack situation, was, was free, and when the ball got fed to her, she, she wasn't the first to receive the ball out of the pack. She might be two or three along the chain, but she was in space where she could have time to run and do something with mm. the ball. Today was agreed maybe that she got yep. she, she had so. to be first to get her hands on the ball from a teammate and she got stuck in traffic jams and she butchered it. Yeah. I felt though though because I think in those situations sometimes I think she was trying a bit too hard to take it on to yeah, herself. Exactly. To change the game. She was being about being smart enough. Yeah, harder. exactly. She should have been smarter about it and tried to play her role the way that she has been but she was yeah. definitely trying to Change the game off her own back. I, I, Which I, isn't I, what Australian rules footy I, is about. I, I don't do that in Australian my, rules footy. My gut feeling was maybe the coach needed to take a 
to the half-forward flank or forward pocket, take her out of the game, so to speak, and saying, sit out of this contest, sit away from it and wait. Well, I think that's the other thing that's a huge weakness in her game is she doesn't have many strings to her bow, as I was mentioning before. Yeah. She can't... Katie, if she's been tagged forward, will go through the midfield. She can work off half-back on a wing. Yeah. A lot of these Darabin players can play multiple roles, but it feels like Steph has one thing that she can do. And when you take a run out, which Darabin did and everyone knows, oh. when you take that out, there's nothing there's, there's nothing left. We saw all three elements to Brennan's game today. Yeah. One is the traditional, I will lead out and mark the ball. Yeah. The second is the, okay, um, I will try and come at the pack from the side when no one's expecting me. And the third one is when Harrington was on her going, OK, I'm being tagged, so I'm going to try and run through heavy traffic and try and, w- without get asking for the ball, run through heavy traffic to try and lose the tag and then call for the ball when I'm out on the other side. Yeah. She not plays like so the, well. Not like Chotch trying to get the ball before she hits the traffic, wait till she's out of it before she calls Gets for it. it. Yeah. And KB does all of that so well. Like, I think KB is the one that you look to when it's like when you're making your own opportunities, that's how you want to do them. You don't want to be just the first, that's what I'm going to do. You definitely look to KB and she knows how to create them for herself. It's not about just going at the ball. It's not about her. Yeah, exactly. It's not about her. But she's such a spiritual leader. She 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 lifts everyone that she plays with, particularly obviously around the forward line. And that's the other huge, even if she's not influential, that never changes. I've never seen her not get around everyone and be upbeat and she so that never changes, and that's really that's a, it's an excellent sign of a, a leader. That she's just a spiritual kind of. It's not she's not a get out kick forward. She's a hard worker, and she lifts everyone regardless of what she's doing. She's mm. a wonderful quality. Better game from Marinoff today, from what we've seen the last few occasions. Yeah, definitely St- better game. Started in that first football, second quarter, I think. Where Once we again, you guys all right, everyone else? I called it. Just saying. Came for the big game. So gets parachuted in for the grand final. And gets everything right. Her head won't Just fit back putting, on the plane. Well, Emily Marinoff's got They're going to need to open the roof. She gave herself a big rap. So she was the one that clubs were chasing. What a joke. So good. I think I want to, I want to say that Lauren Bazale was the best player for Diamond Creek. Oh, absolutely. And there weren't many. And there weren't many, but she was definitely, I think, a bit of a... Bit of an unsung hero. And Adam Tangelo oh. had 10 touches, so yeah. sorry, 13 yeah. touches in the second half. She was yeah. good, but missing again when it counted. Yeah, yeah. If, if she nailed that goal, there would have been, I think in my watch, would have been about two minutes left. So two minutes left to score a goal. And then all of a sudden you've got a Falcons on with the wobbles going, oh no, they're coming. Yeah. Katie Lloyds was also relentless yeah. yep. once again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt probably lifted in the second half was Lauren Moorcroft hit packs hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. One of those that said, I've got to go and went, when a few others and probably held back. displays good leadership and always always has. Maybe the game's leaving her behind a little bit just because of the nature of the play that she... I don't. I still think she has plenty off her, but it is, it is going to be hard for her to break on all this, but she's always talks to her actions. Yeah. Well, the, the thing I was concerned about, and um, I'm not sure it will affect her draft chances, was for Tanya Hedrington, that moment where Brennan marked that juggling ball. You could see what was coming. The ball was going in long. Brennan was going to go with it. Harrington was going with her. Hetherington was about 15 metres in front of them. And she hesitated. And there was no second effort either. She looked, oh, is the ball coming? Is it going to drop short? Should I go? It doesn't matter if the ball's going to drop short or not. You see Brennan's coming. 
This is a grand final. Certain things happen in grand finals. If you're the big, tall player, you've got to think, right, now's my time to go. And if that means I might not hit the ball, but I might take Brennan out on the way through, that's when you've got yeah. to go. And yeah. she didn't go. Yeah, that, that, that was probably the other thing for Diamond Creek. They weren't committed to the contest 100% most of the time. And it was only towards the end of the game where that commitment and hunger began to become apparent. For the first part of the game, they were just hovering off contests. Darabin were first to the footy every single time. Yeah, and it's, it's I mentioned it in the coverage. It's one of my pet hates with defenders, and particularly some female defenders, that are just defending and aren't trying to get the ball first. And that's the most important thing as a defender. You don't have to worry about your player if you get to it first. You've got to have them, not necessarily, you want to stop them, but you don't need to have a negative mindset. And that's what kept happening with, with KB. And she created it. We're not taking anything away from her because she created it with her hard work. But there's, I mean, you've got to get to it before and you've got to have the hunger. They didn't look like they had the hunger or the, the fitness or the... Or the, I, I don't know what it was, but there certainly didn't, certainly wasn't a relentless desire like people like Junior, not necessarily the quickest, but keeps going, and there didn't mm-hmm. seem to be much from that um, time and time and time again with KB, even from the opening minute, that they were just training her, just get it, get the ball first, and, or at least make her feel it, like you said, Pete. Time to almost wrap things up here on RSN Cuddle. Before I go, I just want to see if our boundary riders are still downstairs and they can hear us. If they're anywhere, Katie Lambeski, Neve Dalton, come in. Are you still around? Uh, gone to the bar. I, I would say no, they've yeah. gone to the bar. Yeah. Uh, done the classic boundary rider of the girlsplayfooty.com yeah. radio team. When, yeah. uh, <laughs> when your job's done yeah. and you're on the boundary, you go to the bar. <laughs> Hello, Dan Hill. Oh, they're they're probably on their way upstairs. So this time, for me to wrap it up, I should say a few thanks before we get everyone to say their farewells. Just quickly as well, for those that did help through the year, also a commentary. Nick DeGrapontis as well is now helping at AFL Nation and did quite a bit of boundary riding work for us. Nick, thank you very much for all that you've uh, contributed, particularly through the first half of the year. Thank you to Andrew Donaldson, who particularly helped us that day doing uh, Spurs and Super Tigerettes in a 50-kilometre-per-hour gale force wind <laughs> at uh, Burbank Oval in Williamstown. Thank you very much uh, for your efforts throughout the year. Thank you to Matt Marsden, uh, the editor of girlsplayfooty.com, for chipping in and helping every time we went out to Geelong. Didn't leave anywhere other than Geelong, but thank you for all the time. Oh, Ocean Grove, you want to call that? Okay. So, no, thank you, Matt, for all your help and uh, make sure all the articles and all the graphics were done that we could put on social media. Thank you for all your help. We should also get it. They turn on their microphones to say quick thanks. Neve Dalton, thank you very much for everything that you've done in between balancing your commitments with, with studying and following the Bulldogs and, of course, as well, the um, uh, running around creating havoc in Division 4 or whatever for the, for the hey, AFA. Premier. Division 3. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for all your work and all everything no, you've thank, done today. Thank you for having me. I've had a really, really good season. I'm, I'm looking forward to 2018. And she's got a grant. I don't know what's for. Probably to get a person, uh, you know, a hitman on me after that one. Um, uh, Katie Lembeski, co-founder of girlsplayfooty.com. Thank you very much for all the help that uh, you've done throughout the season, particularly Spurs games. Thank you for all your hard work throughout the season. Thank you to all who have contributed uh, to Girls Play Radio, to girlsplayfooty.com throughout the season. Uh, we'll be back better than ever, I assure you. 
Also as well, thank you to a woman who made her debut this year on special comments in between playing soccer, playing cricket, playing football, executive producer of the sports desk, and also a proud to play. Anything else I've missed out? I'm ready for an A-O-O-A-M and all of those PhD and all of that on the end. Lucy Watkin, thank you for all your work you've done this year. Thank you so much, Pete. It's been so much fun. I've enjoyed it. It's been great. Learned so much. I don't know, it's just been great. Don't worry, you'll regret it by year two. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely, that's when they get you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to a woman who texted me at ten minutes to six this morning to go, my flight's been cancelled! Somehow we got her here. Always great to have on stats. Great to have back in from Sydney. Yeah, yeah, Sydney's a bit of a town. But uh, anyway, the, the, the um, honorary Victorian in uh, oh, Christy no. Williams, thank you very much. <laughs> No, that's a disgusting thing to say about a New South Welshman. Well, they're all on a Victorian. They wear VB on the shirt, don't they, when they play State of Origin? Didn't say I'm drunk. Speaking of that, I am a bit thirsty. Reverting to type. And we'll leave on that comment from Christy. Christy, thank you very much. And to a man that will be here for several hours waiting to do boundary riding in five hours from now, the TAC Cup. As always, uh, getting us out of the poo at the last minute. Don't worry, you didn't have to go to find our power supply for the laptop this year. But uh, for a man who's called virtually most of the games, particularly when Dan Hill says, I'll be there. Actually, I won't be there. Um, thank you very much for your support, Matthew Cox. No, pleasure, Pete. It's uh, been another fantastic season. It's been a real privilege to be able to broadcast this State League competition again. And uh, big thanks, I think, from behalf of the rest of the team to, to you. You put this all together and... Um, you know, a lot of time, effort and money goes into it. Um, and I'm without a job, sir, as well. And speaking of that, thank you, Coxie. We've got a little card for you. Oh, what the And look at this, but you can only have it on the condition I get to have a sip of it. Uh, a single malt scotch whiskey. Oh, my goodness. A glance grant. You all want to get me had yeah, a date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's stuff in the boot of a car and dump me off somewhere. That's just the empty box. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been drinking Coke this summer. Oh, dear. Right. This is another whole... Descended. Standard. It's gone downhill. <laughs> it's like Wrap it up, Dad. Yeah, thank you. And just a quick thank you as well to all the crew at RSN on technical, uh, Michael Lachlan, uh, program director John Plates, content director and uh, co-host of the Breakfast Club in Adam White. When we put this crazy idea to him, originally we wanted to do AFLW. Unfortunately, we couldn't do that. Thanks, Brock Media. Um, we unfortunately couldn't do that because uh, we did not have the rights, uh, even though some games weren't covered. But we pitched the idea to John Plates to say, well, how about we still have our weekly show and we do the VFL women's competition? They said, yep, let's go ahead, let's do it. And uh, virtually without hearing us, they just put us to air, cross their fingers and hope for the best. And uh, hopefully we've delivered a product that's been satisfactory to them and they've been uh, happy with uh, the listeners that we've brought to the Carnival Digital Channel through the VFL Women's Call. Thank you again to all the crew at RSF for your help to get the word of women's football out there. And thank you finally to you, the listener, who put up with us for the fourth year well, in a row. Maybe not, they've probably turned off one. <laughs> yeah, they've, 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 they've gone. Thank, thank you for all your support. We know we rarely get many tweets or Facebook comments, but um, sincerely, anytime you do tweet or make a Facebook comment, it means the world to us because, again, we do it for nothing. We do it at a cost, actually. We lose a bit of money doing this, but it, it just helps us go on and gives us a little bit. I'm over time, so I better get on out of here. I'm Peter Holton. Thank you very much for all your company on RSN Carnival and GirlsPlayerFooty.com for the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Season. Darwin, a Premier's yet again, their fifth flag in a row. They defeated Diamond Creek 5-5-35 to 4-4-28. We'll catch you again next year. You're
listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Another massive week on The Breakfast Club. It's great to have your company. If you missed any of the good stuff, here's a snippet of what we did. There'll be a lot of yellow and black amongst a sea of people at the MCG. And Dan Butler, I'm sure, is looking forward to it from the Tigers. Jim has said from the start, it's a great position that we're in and we're so lucky to be here. We just want to embrace it and take everything in our stride. Coach of the Carlton Football Club, Brendan Bolton, would you expect Adelaide to come knocking again for Bryce Gibbs? Obviously, he's a contracted player, a wanted and required player as per last year. And we had an exit meeting with him the other day and he, he loves it. Carlton Footy Club, so I'd expect him to be there. Matty Boyd in the studio. He's been one of the all-time greats of the Western Bulldogs. What the hell has happened to Jake Stringer? Uh, good question, Half. He probably admitted that he needs to work harder training because you just at this level without having had professionally and probably one of the most talented players I've played with. But that doesn't cut it. In the Cameron White, Victorian cricketing elite Paddinson could just seem beatable for the first test. James could battle for and Gary Lyon. It would help them with their bowling workloads and you're not going to lose much with your batting. The coach of Port Melbourne has been good enough to join us, Gary. Is. Would you ever go back to AFL level even as a, like a mentor for a younger coach? I certainly have the passion for it and enjoy it and if anyone was wanting to have some sort of opportunity to sit with the and mentor, I'd be certainly very, very happy to put my hand up for that. Thomas Champ, Brendan Goddard, and what colour's the nursery? You know what you're having, though, don't you? Oh, yeah, 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 it's another girl. Don't sound so happy about that, <laughs> <laughs> I was obviously hoping for a boy, but Rosie went and got the scan or test. She sent me a text and just said, sorry, babe, and sent a picture of a girl's dress, girl's shoe, and then that was it. And I said, what are the chances they got it wrong? <laughs> Nick Price, three-time major winner, World Golf Hall of Fame member. We've got a listener who said he was on the 17th grade at Turnbury for the 94 British Open where you defeated Jesper Panovic by a stroke. How long was that putt on 17? I never measured it, but everyone tells me it was about 52 feet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care how long it was. <laughs> Perhaps the Sydney 2014 because they'd beaten us. I still think about the one that I lost as much as all the four that we won. All the career you've had and all the premierships you've won, four premierships, you look at the enough. one you lost. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. We love a bet. This is what you might have missed on RSN 927's Racing Pulse. Here we go again, weeks from right out the back, and the champ makes it 20 in a row. At the top of the straight, when it was time to go, she reeled in happy clapping, literally a couple of strides. Great to have the voice of Victorian racing in the studio. Matty Hill, uh, you really can't predict anything, even though we, we do the form, and uh, you just never know what's going to occur. Oh, but Oliver looks behind the right shot. Shoulder. Keep going, son. You're four legs in front. Old Mandon's going to absolutely trot him. He has improved on last year uh, to be able to carry that weight and really pose uh, himself on a field like that. But Royal Symphony over the top. Big win. Just watch the way he just set out after that. Just wanted to just chase it down. Craig Williams getting uh, 23 meetings, I think it was. I thought it may have been a bit of a stake in the ground by the stewards at the commencement of the spring to say this sort of behaviour's not on. Hartnell joined and headed by Humidor. To think that he was going to do that for that class of field, um, I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm looking forward to having been Mellon in the inner sanctum. It's got to do with Cheryl Rain. Have you made a decision about trying to make the weight for the Everest? Yeah, I, I actually contacted the Connections, Gary, and um, Scott Derby on Sunday, and 
and I just felt that 51's probably probably a little bit beyond me. What a big day yesterday was for Victorian racing when the news filtered through that the decision had been made to run Winks in the Turnbull Stakes at Flemington. We had a little bit of a meeting on uh, Sunday with Chris and he gave us his thoughts. He spoke to Huey as well. They just thought that seemed to be the best path forward for her was to give her a three-week break into the uh, Turnbull Stakes which then gives her a three-week run into the Cox Plate. Letters of notice a warning to trainers being issued in both states regarding a certain feed type which tests have shown may produce elevated cobalt levels. Based on 10,000 results there and nothing coming to light is a pretty good indicator that it's it's pretty well under control. This morning's Inner Sanctum guest is Craig Froggy Newitt. 35 Group 1s. What's your favourite? The one that stands out for me was probably Lincoln Rupee in the Manicato. They swarmed to the line about five or six across. Lincoln Rupee, I reckon he might have held on. Racing Pulse, the heartbeat of Victorian racing. Weekdays from 8.30am on our RSN 927.